0: Welcome to a very special bonus episode of Into the Aether, a low-key video game
1: podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger, and uh, do we want to kick this bonus off by thanking our very generous patrons? I would love to do that. I would really love to do that.
0: Uh, We have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash into the cast to back the show. Our whole deal is that uh, if anyone backs the show at all, we will do bonus episodes every month. Currently, there are forty seven people backing the show. So unless forty-seven of you uh withhold your pledge uh, between now and next month, there will be a bonus episode next month as well. Anyway, uh thank you so much to Akira. like that's a that was that sounded like a
1: threat for some reason. It Didn't did. It I mean, we we play a lot of persona, we will get into that. You're but you're becoming a villain slowly <laughs> but surely.
0: Yeah, we were just joking before we started recording that I'm gonna I'm gonna be the boss of the of the third yeah. palace. Anyway, you're gonna thank love you so the much third palace to Akira. <laughs> It's the defect. Uh, Akira, Alex, Andrew D, Andrew D, Ariel, Beed, Benjamin D, Benjamin W, Bolt, Brendan, Brett, Catherine, Christopher, David, Dennis, Elliot, Hilton, Inez, Jason, Jeff, Joeri, Josh, Cameron, Connor, Kieran, Kim, Kyle, Mark, Marcel, Marianne, Melly Muffin Pie, Micah, Min, Murray, Naomi, No Name, Pablo, Philip, Robert, Slupezy, Scout, Sebastian, Trevor, and. William, thank you all so much for backing the show. Um, as we've mentioned in the past couple episodes, and since the uh, global nightmare started, if uh, backing the show in any way puts you in any kind of financial risk, please do not back our podcast. We we welcome you not backing the podcast if it means that you stay healthy uh, and and happy and comfortable. But if you want to continue backing the show, by all means, please do that. Um, we really appreciate it from the very bottom
1: of our very large hearts. <laughs> that you will not steal, of Thieves. Uh, <laughs> I want to say two things. One, I don't want you, Brendan, to think you always have to read the list. I will one day have it ready and help you out. We used to switch it off and then like I kind of became a sort of demon of sloth and just delayed the responsibility to you. Uh, so don't feel pressured to do that always. Two, am it. You're, you do such a good job that I haven't even... I just want you to know that it's not that I'm here to help. Two, I want to give a special shout-out to my very close friend, Connor, for giving me the best gift maybe I've ever received in my life. It's a cold <laughs> brew maker. Uh, I showed it off to Brendan earlier. I know this is maybe of zero interest to anyone <laughs> listening, but just do yourself a favor, and if you like cold brew as much as I do, or iced coffee, just get it. It's so good. It's it's one of the coolest gifts I've ever received. I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, you and I are Aether. big
0: are big cold brew drinkers. Are you, a, are you a cold brew in winter guy? Oh, absolutely. I think the only day...
1: Yeah, the only day I, I I I sold out and got hot coffee was like the polar vortex of last winter or two mm. winters ago where it was like negative 40 in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, the lake, like Michigan was frozen. Then I was like, fine, sellouts, fine, normies. I'll have some hot coffee. Awful. Awful. Uh, otherwise, yeah, what well, that was an awful uh, phrase. Can you but... bleep
0: the word normie from our podcast, too?
1: <laughs> I wasn't being sincere. What's uh, worse that... than a bleep that we can put over that, because it's worse? <laughs> can you put the word Butterfingers backwards <laughs> over normies? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, shit. <laughs> it really is, like, in in five years, whenever whenever a group of, like, 50-year-olds are trying to write how teenagers talk, that will be what they say. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Or even right now. <laughs> even right now, it's happening. Anyway, yeah, I drink, I drink iced coffee exclusively, so what? Uh, yeah, in, in the winter, I, I drink... Um, <laughs>
0: I tend to drink hot coffee in the mornings and then cold brew in the afternoon because I, I, I'm a double usually. I mean, I haven't since I've been stuck at home. I, I, we were just talking about it before we started recording, but I, I haven't had coffee at all. Um, except for this past weekend, I had coffee twice, which was a big deal for me. But I, I haven't had any besides that. Uh, I went from like two to three to four cups of coffee a day to zero immediately. Uh, which yeah. has been a very interesting time. Hey, uh, there's another thing I wanted to mention at the top of the show that's unrelated to our coffee drinking <laughs> are habits. Your <their> favorite
1: roasts, <laughs> your favorite beans. Mm-hmm. Allow me to explain.
0: I'm a big fan of uh, I'm a big fan of Latin American beans because you kind of get like a fruity, uh, fruity taste there, as opposed to beans that are grown in Africa, which have a little bit more of like a a nutty roast to it. Anyway. Uh, we have been getting a lot of new listeners recently, just looking at our metrics and stuff. Uh, oh, sick. So I just wanted Hi. to say at the top of the show, we don't always talk about coffee, but sometimes we
1: do. And, <laughs> and uh, every 47 episodes, yeah. we'll talk about coffee.
0: Uh, and also, if you've subscribed in the past couple weeks, uh, we've been pretty much like laser focused on like literally three video games. And those are Persona 5, Final Fantasy 7 Remake, and Animal <laughs> Crossing. I also promise those are not the only three games we talk about, but we should... Sure yeah. We're talking
1: about two of them today. <laughs> we took like a 20 minute break with Neo 2 like a few weeks ago, and yeah. then like quick that was like right before everything came out. But this is like Marching On has been kind of broadcasted to us for a while. Like we've been looking forward to this and like yeah. wondering how we'll, how we'll like maintain our focus through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's been a great time. I mean, all, all three of those games I think you and I both really adore, it. and we're going to talk about two of them for this episode. So, usually with the bonus, we'll focus on one game in the case of the games of the decade episode we focus on 100 <laughs> uh and really i think we're we're forever looking to have the bonus episodes be just a little bit like of an experiment we're try different things with it um originally this is going to be like a one month check-in exclusively about animal crossing which is still happening in the first part of the episode but literally before the call we were both gushing so much about Persona 5 Royal that we're like, let's just also talk about that. (laughs) So like, you know, this will be kind of a hybrid. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm really pumped to talk about both. And I think uh, we've been doing for animal crossing, we've been doing a a recurring section called living a little, where we just give like updates and we purposely haven't done that in a while. So we could have some stuff to talk about now. So I'll give the floor to you, Brendan, because this is like, I think animal crossing this one in particular is probably, like, the the biggest, like, the game you were most excited for, like, maybe ever in our history of doing the show. I don't want yeah. to be too oh, hyperbolic. Oh, yeah, but definitely. Like, uh, so, like, and I think in past we pretty much stated, like, this is definitely the best one. It it exceeded both our expectations, and, like, it's just the best time. I would love just to hear, like, your thoughts on the game a month in, and then we'll go into more specifics about, like, what we've been up to on the island, or or however that plays out.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I also want to mention, I, I think it kind of makes sense to, to not make the entire episode about Animal Crossing this week, considering I imagine there will be more living little segments onwards um, yeah. as, as that game continues to evolve. Um, but I, I do want to mention just like a quick preamble uh, why I was so excited about Animal Crossing or how I was so excited about Animal Crossing. Um, I, I would say the the best anecdote I can give uh, about my, my hype for this game is uh, they announced the limited, not limited edition, but the special edition Animal Crossing Nintendo Switch with uh, mint, blue, and green Joy-Cons, uh, a, a Switch dock that had uh, Timmy, Tommy, and Tom Nook on the front holding a little flag on an island. A beautiful system, an incredible box. Uh, it got announced, and people kept tweeting at me, texting me, uh, <laughs> slapping me at work, uh, informing me that this thing was out. Which was upsetting because I had pre-ordered the thing literally 35 to 40 seconds after it had been announced. Like I, I was so quick to pre-order the thing. I have been so laser focused on like as soon as they announce an Animal Crossing edition Switch, I will get it. Switch Lite, regular Switch, I don't care. Uh, it could be a GameCube and I would, I would buy it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> even if it couldn't play New Horizons, that would That'd still be get awesome. It. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I got that thing. It's sitting right here in front of me. Uh, I, I have it right now. Yeah, I, I I love Animal Crossing so 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 deeply. I mean, it it has run the whole gamut. Where like it's been around in my life for a very long time. I started with Wild World on the DS, loved it, played it just like uh, I don't even know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours over the years of that game. Uh, and then eventually played a little bit of City Folk, but like just a ridiculous amount of New Leaf. I went back and played the original a little bit. Um, I have not played the spin-offs. I didn't play Happy Home Designer or the the the. the like, like Mario Party version of Animal Crossing. I don't even know what that's called. Amiibo Festival. Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival was another spin-off for the Wii U, where everyone was like, Give us the Animal Crossing for the Wii U. And they were like, Here's Amiibo Festival. The that's the just, most
1: Wii U move ever. It's yeah, like, give us a one. Here's a here's a hat that has a knockoff version of it on it. Oh. Yeah. Um <laughs> anyway, uh,
0: yeah, I played just like a ridiculous amount of New Leaf um, and 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 this series is very special to me for like multiple reasons beyond just like always being there, but all, also like I, I find that um, it it has not only gotten me through a lot of like really rough points in my life, but is also really kind of singular and has been singular for a very long time in terms of the kind of like vibes it's eliciting, the kinds of interactions they want you to have. like. The the closest game you could compare this to when it came out is like maybe The Sims, honestly. Yeah, or
1: like Harvest Moon. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like a Harvest Moon kind of thing. Um I think I think a lot of people were comparing Stardew Valley to this eventually when Stardew Valley came out and yeah. like I played a bunch of Stardew Valley, like maybe 10 to 12 hours, like not a lot, I think, compared to most people. But I played that game hoping that it would like scratch the Animal Crossing itch for me. And it super didn't like Animal Crossing still to me is very singular, even even though there are other games inspired by it now. um, I I think it's I think it's like pretty wholly unique as a franchise. And and I think it's going to take a little while longer for other games to really like kind of tackle what it's trying to do. Um, I know there is a game in development called Ooblets, which is coming out for the Xbox One that um, I think is exclusive to the Xbox One. It's going to be on Game Pass um, that they are like very much wearing the Animal Crossing influence on their sleeve, which I'm excited about. But we'll talk about that when it comes out, because I'm very excited about it anyway. Yeah, I, I've been looking forward to this game for like maybe ten whole actual real human years, uh, and, and it came out uh, and and pretty much immediately knocked out of the park. Like like you said, yeah. we've mentioned it on the show before. This is the best Animal Crossing, like hands down. I thought it was New Leaf for a really long time. Uh, even like a week into this game, I was still pretty sure it was New Leaf. And now at this point, and, and we'll talk more about like the updates and, and the events and things like that. But like it is so clear that not only is this the best Animal Crossing game that has ever existed, but, like, it will only uh, further its lead in front of New Leaf over time, I think, uh, as I continue to add more to it. I'm constantly blown away by it literally last night i had a moment where i was i I yelled out loud i was like holy shit i just discovered (laughs) a new thing i just discovered a whole new mechanic i didn't even know was in this game uh and i am at this point 170 hours in i've I've played 170 hours of this game (laughs) um and and i'm still discovering new shit and i think that that is just like yeah, unbelievable it's the way it's like brought our discord together the way it's brought oh, yeah. like me and my co-workers together um the way it's brought just uh friends of mine together like from all from all walks of life all like handing dodo codes out like to each other left and right to go visit each other's islands it's been so so incredible since launch um and and it's wild to think it's only been a month and that there's going to be more stuff
1: um yeah i'll and see I, the floor think for now it's like, i just talked a lot no, no, no. I mean, this is your, this is your. Like, we both love this series, but this is like your Final Fantasy VII. You know, like it Tom really Nook is. is your cloud. Yeah, it re- uh, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> You're so right. Sometimes
1: I just say stuff to give you Photoshop ideas, and Tom Nook <laughs> as cloud is one of them.
0: It has been um, really funny seeing the the developers of Animal Crossing all need to give interviews that are like, uh, we we think Tom Nook is just really misunderstood. I don't understand why everybody's villainizing him so. <laughs>
1: He, he, I think at this point, uh, we had a. You we get had a bathed running. in
0: Mako once, and suddenly you're the bad guy on the <laughs> island.
1: Hey, Tom, I got to ask you and Isabel, are you close? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <My head. laughs>
1: Tifa and I. I mean, Isabel, I don't know. I can't remember. I'm first class, baby. Um, <laughs> God. We just write fan fiction out loud sometimes. <laughs> that's that's what this show is like an eighth of or Uh a third uh i really hurt my head when i did that cloud having a flashback impression (laughs) um anyway uh yeah i mean i think i think Pointing out that this game is, like, maybe the best... It outsold Pokemon, uh, which is, like, unheard highest, of. Highest, um, or, or sorry, fastest-selling Switch game of all time so far.
0: Yeah. Which is, I think, yeah, Pokemon being, like, the big kind of standout. And, this and is, it's worth mentioning, like, Pokemon Sword and Shield had its own, like, kind of shit going on in terms of, like, the fan base revolting against it on, like, a weird Last Jedi Star Wars level that was very yeah. gross and strange. But, yeah, I mean, still, outselling Pokemon is, like, the feat of this game that is the thing never mind mario and zelda as well talk about forever
1: yeah and and especially from a game like this which like up until literally now has always been like like an earthbound adjacent cult hit you know like it's not like it's we talked about this a lot but like you know they've kind of done like this slow burn of marketing with animal crossing for the last decade basically but without making like an actual game uh so like even with people who hadn't played it, there was an interest or at least a curiosity of like what is this game? Yeah, uh, and obviously, I think like you know there's there's a direct uh, I think this game would have still sold as well as it did. but I do think there is a a incentive to get a game like this in our current time. And I think like totally when people talk about this game's launch, I think it will inherently be like this game helped the world during a really tough time. yes, like almost almost microcosmic of like, of how this game has been for you on a personal level, it's now like the kind of the macro view of that in a, in a kind of interesting way um, for real. And you know, and I think I think the reason it's not just about escape as much as it is like I think there's a lot of comfort in having this routine. It's extremely zen and sort of like every day there's something new. I think what this game and this series has always done. Over stuff like Harvest Moon or 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 Stardew Valley is it just feels alive in a way that those games don't. Don't get me wrong, I love Stardew Valley, I love Harvest Moon. We did a bonus episode about Stardew Valley, uh, and it was mostly me just gushing. But like, I think I I I feel like the fact that every day is different and every day like things are kind of changing on their own outside of just like what can I get from today, but it's like what can I see or hear from today. Mm -hmm. uh you know the game was was originally pitched early on as a communications game and i mean really in the earlier ones like we talked about this before but like the pre-crafting animal crossing games you really did have to kind of give yourself your own direction and this game is interesting in that like there is a direction you're constantly given things to make in this sort of concrete a path and then once that's over you have full access to everything, and they're like, now do what you've always been doing in the older games. Now you have the ability to like give yourself your own objectives and have your own fun. I've been loving it. I mean, I, I feel a little bit behind, because like pretty much once I got to that, and and truth be told, like Final Fantasy VII came out, and I just had to finish that, and now I'm getting into Persona 5, so like yeah. I'm trying to get through my backlog of stuff that I really want to see through. So when I play Animal Crossing, it's lately, it's been like an hour in the morning, but that's like kind of what I always want it to be. Mm-hmm. I, I love, I love the deep dives of it, of like visiting friends islands or stuff. But like, I also find comfort in letting some days go by. Cause like, uh, I feel like outclassed by most of my friends playing this, like I, you know, uh, Built a few bridges and I got cobblestone pads and everyone else is like a millionaire and they're like, <laughs> even in my own town, I feel like I'm getting priced out of my own island because like the shop got upgraded and Tim, Timmy and Tommy are like, oh this electric guitar it's seventy five thousand bells and I'm like, this store used to be like selling me dirt for nothing. Now you're selling me like a Gibson SG for seventy five thousand yeah. bells.
0: You bought my leaves and now you're selling me a kitchen island for two hundred thousand bells.
1: <laughs> I come here to sell you dinosaur bones. And- now you won't even give me a guitar <laughs> fuck off but it's great it's it's like it is such a landmark and it is such a just beautiful experience that i think like you can get it you can enter at any angle you want uh you know you can treat it like i am where you're just sort of like playing for an hour a day and and i honestly like i just like making sure the weeds aren't out of control getting all the fossils talking to all the villagers and then i can sign off Mm -hmm. Um, I now have some ideas of like, you know, I'm trying to redo my garden and I'm trying to like give the island more of like a consistent aesthetic. I want it to be kind of like a heavily woodsy industrial setting. So there's a lot of cobblestone paths and I love street lights, the lanterns, kind of like the end of time in Chrono Trigger, you know. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, of course, but yeah, I, Your I island love is a it. great
0: aesthetic, I just want to Thank say,
1: because I visited
0: a couple times and I really like it, um, e- even now when I'm building my island out, I'm like, ah, oh, but, but Stephen has this wonderful thing where, where you have to go up and then there's like a little sign that points directly to where the Abel sisters are and that's so nice and there's like a little garden next to it, like
1: I just, I'm constantly thinking about your island while building oh, my wow. own. Um, I'm so flattered because I feel like some people have, I mean, everyone has a different vision for the island and that's the beauty of it. Uh, I know some people who have very much like there are paths to every house and everything is kind of close together. Mm -hmm. Mine is a little bit like I wanted it to be kind of a little messy and a little spread out. Like there's a, there are paths like leading to the museum and the town hall and to the Able Sisters. Okay. The Able Sisters have a dope spot. It's on the Northeast, like little cutoff island right by the waterfall, right by the beach. Perfect place to buy a duck beak um so uh yeah but um i guess we'll get into now like what's how our month playing it has been uh, like you said i can't believe it's only been a month but also so much has happened so much so, has happened
0: yeah it's funny because yeah. um like there are some friends of mine who, who are just getting the game now um who i've been talking to recently and and some people who like still haven't gotten it but are like planning on getting it soon and things like that and it's it's so funny to look back On when this came out, I mean, you and I talked about this extensively, like before the game came out even, and we started to kind of get a better idea through Nintendo Directs and trailers and things like that, like what the what the progression of the game was going to look like, which also was kind of a new thing for there to be progression outside of just I'm continuing to pay off my house loan and get a bigger house like, yeah, uh, and, and, and a bigger Nook store and things like that. Um this game has has a for real progression in the first 2 weeks. I think the first 2 weeks of this game are really 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 special in the way they they kind of dole things out very slowly for you um and kind of teach you all the different mechanics both new and old, you know, for new players and and for and for returning players. Um in a really like natural way that that feeds really well into this like you can log on for an hour a day or less and like still feel like you've accomplished everything in those first 2 weeks, which I think is really really important and really uh really special to this game um but the but as you and i uh noted a lot like this game this game's critical path ends where every single other animal crossing games uh or every single other animal crossing game has started in that you start this game with a tent on a deserted island that is completely overgrown there are weeds everywhere plants everywhere just uh the trees and and things like that you can't even cross any of the rivers because there are no there are no bridges and there's no way uh to to like you eventually get a pole vault uh, like in your second week that allows you to like cross over the bridges or maybe that's like day two or three but anyway you eventually get a pole vault that allow you to do that but in the beginning you kind of have nothing really it's just you and two other villagers tom nook timmy and tommy uh they set up in a tent. And they're like, uh, what, what's what's the fruit around here? It's an orange? All right, let's make some orange juice. Let's, like, play guitar around the fire, and, like, we'll build up
1: some tents, and and now we just live here, and we'll see That's how that goes. That's still my favorite moment. Like, that moment of, like, your two neighbors, like, by a bonfire playing the tambourine, and you're drinking, in my case, it was cherry juice. Yeah. Uh, that felt like such a big... Be- beautiful beginning and like the fact mm-hmm. that the, the two neighbors you're with are so pumped and like it really feels especially now looking back it's like really the start of something special and it's a very unique like yeah i everyone's think that's so fondly feeling. on it i yeah I, it yeah especially
0: looking at my island now and walking around and like when you start the when you start the game the island is completely completely overtaken by nature i mean it is there is really nothing there and, and there are cliffs that you can't climb and things like that and now, like I have, I have streets and pathways, and and all these incredible stores, and and like I built an outdoor cafe up in the mountains, and I have like a, a beautiful bamboo forest, and like a place to hang out, and like a lighthouse, and a wind farm, and all this stuff. And, and it's great so to, wild to think about how how little there was. Yeah, there was
1: nothing. And it, it feels like. It doesn't like I think a lot of games that kinda have that scale, like when you get to the end, you feel this kind of emptiness. In this game, you don't feel that. And I think it's because like there still is so much to just experience and to like live in. Yeah. And also the the people on your island with the other animal villagers, they will not only comment on what you built, but they'll use it too, which I think is such a brilliant yeah. addition. Like this is the first Animal Crossing game where you really see your your villagers like living on the island they'll be like under a tree reading a book or they'll be like watering flowers or they'll be at the museum marveling at what you've collected yeah Um, it's really it feels so alive like even down to one of my favorite little touches in this
0: game is that uh, so they added path building Finally, after many years, people always clamored for the ability to build paths that weren't just like putting custom designs on the ground. Um, if you build a path on the ground, your villagers will walk along those paths like they are programmed to walk along them um, and just kind of follow them around, which I think is so fun. Like it's it's really fun to see a villager like walk from the grass onto the path and then just like follow it all the way up the road to the museum and then walk into the museum like it's so it's so cool. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, just the little touches everywhere so incredible but yeah once you once you finish the critical path of this game um you you have your own house you have uh the houses of the first two villages you started with and at this point three or possibly like way more than that more villagers that you've added to the place you have uh the nook store you have the able sisters and and the museum and and that is where most Animal Crossing games begin and that yeah. is where the credits roll in this game is when yeah. is when you have all that stuff and KK Slider shows up for the first time and, and plays a concert on your island it's such a beautiful
1: moment um and it he is. plays he plays the theme song for New Horizons like uh, yeah, it's incredible so good I have that song playing in my bedroom of of the of my Animal Crossing that's house. awesome yeah and 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 that's always been the case like the the credits always roll when he plays a song but uh-huh. like. Like we've said before in this game, it really does feel like you did it. Like you you beat it, but it's not over and and, and nor should it be um, yeah. But like it does feel like you do have that like catharsis. Of, OK, like I did what the game wanted me to. Um, but all the game wants you to do is like teach you how to find your own fun um yes. i think that it, if it started with all this stuff it would be so overwhelming and even now i find myself and this is not a fault of the game but i find myself overwhelmed by like what should i focus on should i even like b- bother begin redesigning my island because it's going to be a whole thing <laughs> uh yeah. and the nice thing is that like that's doesn't have to happen right now honestly i'd recommend like pacing this game out like do right now do what you got to do play as much as you want but I, I I find that, like, I'd rather, rather than milking every day for every bell it's worth, I'd rather just kind of, like, put it on ice for a bit and then, like, go back when I have, like, a very intended project for it. The thing is, though, you could do either. If If you're playing it all the time, that's great, too, because, like, it is so fun just to, like, be in that place. And, like, I mentioned this in another episode, but, like, I one day just like sat my character on the bench in the middle of my town and I, and I was working with stuff in my apartment. Uh, I was unpacking cause I had just recently moved and, uh, all this stuff was just happening around me as my character just sat on the bench and like my cranky lion neighbor Elvis just started singing, uh, Lily's like reading <laughs> under the tree. People were racing each other. I went, this is so cool. Yeah. Like even without me doing anything or thinking about anything, my Island is alive and active and like is just fun to be in without me needing to do anything. And I think that's that's the that's the part of the game that I really love is like independent of any goals. It's still just like a blast to be part of. And and I think this game has gone almost overboard with how many goals you can have. Because uh, I think that's always been like I, I think they really wanted this game to be a success like in a mainstream way. And I think they kind of were probably telling themselves like okay like. We got to give more player direction and more like rewards for doing stuff. Yes. And that has paid off tremendously, I think. Cause it's still, you can still just chill out. But like, if you need a little bit more direction, you need, you need that like kind of catharsis of like getting points or money. Like, it's all over the place. You can't take five steps without like, Getting gifts and and showered with praise for doing something.
0: Yeah, uh, but it still doesn't make it feel like you're like you're being rushed through it, which I think is really yeah. important because yeah. there's so many games that try and focus really hard on on new player retention that lose the balance that kept the old players around in the first place, right? Like you you want you want this funnel where a bunch of people come into the top and then and eventually stick around. You want that funnel at the bottom to be as wide as possible. You want you want so many of the people who are coming into the top of the funnel to stick around uh, to use shitty marketing terms sorry but um I mean just take it from me as a person who played Destiny 1 and 2 like pretty religiously for a very long time like Destiny 2 at a certain point really 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 catered so hard to trying to get new people that they completely lost a lot of the old fan base a lot of the diehards I've seen it time and time again with a lot of video games this one manages to strike the balance so perfectly that it actually makes it even better for the old time fans as
1: well yeah yeah because at the foundation of it all is the original experience right you know, everything everything that is like maybe trying to appeal to someone new to the game that's a given direction is rooted in what you would have done as a returning player. Yes. You know, hitting a rock with a shovel or like even you get rewards for making accidents happen or encountering, you know, it's
0: yeah. You you talked in one episode and and I have since gotten this nook miles achievement, but uh, you, you talked in one episode about how you shot a balloon down from the sky and it fell into the ocean or fell into a river or something and you got you got nook miles for it yeah um i have also gotten that that is a perfect example of that where it's like that's a thing that's shitty but will happen to everybody at some point and like could turn players off but they sanded that edge down and now you get yeah. points for it, and now you can spend those points on something else. Um, and and it just kind of keeps the cycle going forever in a really. Beautiful and that just way.
1: shows like it just shows how brilliant the game design is here. I think I think you talked about this a, a different time, but like uh, you use the the comparison to like you know playing Mario for the first time and like learning you should go left to right and jumping on Goombas and all that, and mm-hmm. like there is that game design here in such a more ethereal way and such like a hands-off way almost but like there is like behind the scenes like a striking level of attention to detail which i think is manifested in moments like i just got points for stumbling into an accident that like was foreseen by both tom nook and the creators of this game right amazing yeah i can't i I, it's not even a hot take or anything but like it's just an incredible game uh not that it needs to be a hot take to give praise what we do on this show we like stuff um (laughs) But uh yeah. I guess now do you want to talk more about specifics on like where your island is at, like what's new, what's occurring there?
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. I yeah. I think one of the one of the big things, um one of the big things about this game that I that I saw the like longtime hardcore fans of the franchise talking about a lot online um was the disappointment at the lack of some of like the steer the series staples. Um so things like the cafe and blathers being a part of the game, read the Fox selling paintings and, and counterfeits and things like that. Uh, the museum seemed a little bit less than in previous games. Like, um, the, the, uh, alpacas who ran the, uh, who ran the shop, the design shop in the last game were missing. Like there were all these things that just seemed to be absent from the game. And, and I was always kind of banking on the fact that they would show up in some way. Eventually. Uh, I, I was, hoping that in this new world where Nintendo was always connected online and we've seen this team in particular do an incredible job of providing like wild, huge free updates to a video game in the past with Splatoon 2 uh, and Splatoon 1 that that we would see that stuff eventually. And and that has now materialized in a real way uh, between the last time we talked about this game and now, believe it or not, um, there was like a very mini, I would say like five minute trailer uh, that showed off a whole bunch of new things that involved uh, a bunch of new a bunch of new merchants showing up. Uh, it involved red the Fox coming back. it involved a museum upgrade that adds the art section of the museum. I mean, they they are going to add all of those things back in time. And I think that's really, really important to note, because not only are we getting old things that everybody wanted back, but we are also getting new things uh, added on top of that. And I think that's that's really exciting, Um, because like as much as I want, as much as I want um, Brewster and the cafe back, like I also want to see a a new shop, an entirely new shop, you know, like maybe that'll happen at some point. And and, and I'm not sure when, but maybe it'll happen at some point. Uh, Red the Fox showing up. In like a really sketchy little boat on the back of yeah. the island is so funny and so weird, um, yeah. and 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 they just like wear that weirdness right right out front. I don't know, man. I I, I think it's I think it's incredible. Uh, you, you and I talked a lot about Bunny Day and how fucking awful Bunny Day was. Um, yeah. I would I would say about of the 175 hours I played of this game, about 120 of them probably came right before Bunny Day, and then I didn't really play as much while Bunny Day was happening, which was like a couple weeks just to catch people up in case you're getting the game now or whatever, but I'll, I'll speed through it because we've talked about it a lot already. Uh, bunny day replaced, Uh, some fish in the water with eggs. Sometimes when you hit a rock, an egg would come out instead of like rock or iron ore or gold or whatever. Uh, Sometimes when you shook a tree, an egg would fall out. If you shot a balloon out of the sky, an egg would fall out instead of a present. Um, It was kind of a nightmare. And like unanimously, I think the entirety of the internet was like on team fuck bunny day. Um, (laughs) And I was one of them. I think that that event was done very poorly, but it kind of brought the community together in a way that was fun. But it also made me want to play the game less. I did not... I, I personally find fishing to be the most fun thing in Animal Crossing. I love doing it. Yeah, um, fishing was
1: a nightmare. It was just it, that was the one activity that was like rendered obsolete, basically. Yes, you
0: couldn't go fishing. Yeah. You couldn't go fishing at all. It, it was just terrible. Now they have introduced a new event. That's uh, Nature Day. It's it's the lead up to Earth Day. And what Nature Day does is every single day uh, you open up your Nook Miles uh, app, which is an app in, in your Nook phone. Which allows you to uh, get achievements, as we've already talked about, for doing little things, and they reward you with points that you can spend on other stuff. But uh, on the top row, there are like special daily quests that uh, that that you'll get every single day, and every time you finish one, they replace it with a new one, so you can continue to get like bonus Nook miles every single day. But but you you're given five in the beginning of the day that have like bonus points attached to them, and they're things like catch five fish, or like catch this one specific fish, or like I don't know, uh, customize talk to one you thing, your neighbors, talk to your neighbors, things like that. Talk down a tree during nature day they have added an earth day like an like a nature day nook miles daily quest which is like a very specific like make your island more beautiful kind of thing Uh, think about the sustainability of your island um, which is really fun but they've also introduced hand in hand with that a a new npc who comes to town named leaf not new i mean he was in new leaf Um, but his name is leaf uh is it leaf it is leaf uh he's a sloth He's the best. He's like one of my favorite uh, characters to ever have been in this franchise. Um, And he shows up and he sells shrubs and he sells uh, flowers that you can't get on your island. He sells flowers that are not native to your island. And, And the quest, I think for everybody on the first day, was plant three shrubs. So shrubs also got introduced in this update, which was great. So you buy three shrubs from this new NPC who shows up once a week now. You plant three of this new item that they that they just patched into the game immediately, and then you get extra points for doing that. So they're giving you points for uh, utilizing every single thing that they added in the update all at once. And I think that's awesome i think that's like talking about the uh teaching the player that mario has to run from left to right like that is such a streamlined way of introducing you to every single piece of it simultaneously um the only part of it that is not that is not wrapped up in in that one smooth motion is the introduction of red the fox who is selling uh, real and fake art but yeah. also eventually you'll just see a weird red fox walking around your island of course you're going to talk to that guy and find out what he's all about um and Incredible. if you don't Isabel has an update the next morning for you that's like hey there's a sketchy boat in the back of the island don't go talk <laughs> to him so of course you're gonna go it's talk emitting
1: to it. like smog and it's there's no lights when you go inside it's so funny yeah it's and really he's like, you and i were family you're like my cousin i only give my family a good deal yeah he gives you the cousins uh, discount
0: so like that that's just like an natural player curiosity that's going to take them there. But in terms of like introducing you to every other facet of the update, that's that's all in that one smooth event that they've just introduced. Yeah. Um, and, and all that
1: stuff is like additional content that enhances what you're already doing rather than something new being in place of what you wanted. Right. Exactly. You know, and that's like, that's the
0: important point is yeah. when when Bunny Day happened, I played the game less on the first day of Nature Day. I played the game for like 10 straight hours and redid my entire <laughs> island. It was the, it was the the moment that I got into terror forming It was the moment I started building my outdoor cafe. Uh, it was the moment I started building paths everywhere because I was like, "Oh my God, shrubs actually, believe it or not, change everything about how I want my island to look." Suddenly, Same I edges, I had this like yeah. lightning bolt. Yeah, I I just had this lightning bolt of an idea about exactly how I wanted to put paths around my island because up until that point, I was kind of like. Very old school about it. I wanted my island to look a lot like it had in previous games. I was very comfortable with the fact that there were trees everywhere. I didn't have paths. I didn't have too much furniture placed outside in any real specific way. Um, I, it just was very natural. Uh, all I had really done was kind of thinned some of the some of the trees out, so it was easier to run around and see where fossils were every morning when I got up and, and played Animal Crossing just to check the fossils and then log off. But on that first day of nature day, I played for like 10 straight hours and literally redid my entire island. And now it's amazing. Like now, I'm so <laughs> proud of the way my island looks now. Um, That's awesome. I, I, I just couldn't believe. And you and I talked about this a lot already in terms of those first couple things, in terms of those first couple uh, quests in those first two weeks where they give you some outdoor furniture and they make you place it outside to kind of spark ideas for the player. Um, it's it's wild that something as simple as making you plant three shrubs can also take you on that kind of quest. Uh, but that's that's exactly what happens, and I think that's exactly the kind of creativity that this game uh, provides and 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 loves to kind of poke at over and over and over again. And I'm excited to see where that will come in in the future, in in future updates when they introduce even more stuff. Uh, but for now, like there has been one incredible update and one absolute clunker, uh, and and. Even that clunker was, like, fun in a weird way. So Yeah, it's
1: still, it's still uh, a fun event. It's still something new. And I think yeah. it adds to the feeling that, like, your island is alive and every day is a new day. I'm very excited to see what happens in the winter for some reason. Like, I, I'm excited to see the snow yeah. and, like, what will happen with that. Uh, one big event for me was, it was my birthday recently. And uh, when it's your birthday, Animal Crossing, which is probably the same day as real life, definitely just check. Cause it it warmed my heart. It was so nice. Uh, one of your neighbors, like you, open your door and one of your neighbors is just there, and they're like, "Come with me," and then you Whoa. you go into a house, and they all. Uh, it was for me. It was Billy, Muffy, and Lily, and they all yelled "surprise!" and they gave me a stick to hit a piñata and blow out candles, and then they gave me a bunch of cupcakes to give everyone. And if I gave them a cupcake, they would give me a gift. Oh my god, so that's like, so nice. Yeah, and then like. Uh, Billy wrote me a letter that was like, "Bro, like my life changed because I met you, bro. Like you're like the pull up of a best friend or some some jock thing." Oh my god, uh, I actually
0: feel like I'm gonna cry. This is so nice. Yeah, I I
1: literally <laughs> teared up because like you know like Ugh. this is I'll just say it the fucking worst time to have your thirtieth birthday <laughs> just during the middle of a fucking pandemic and. But I, I still had a great day because I mean, I, I'm very lucky that like, I'm very lucky for a lot of reasons. And I had a great time catching up with a lot of my friends in real life. And I literally felt like, you know, I, I, I think everyone who plays this game gets an attachment to their to their villagers. But it almost was like it was like the game and Nintendo being like, thanks for like, letting us be part of your life in this time. Yeah. You know? uh, it was so nice. Definitely play it on your birthday. It, it's Super worth it and super fun. And like the fact that they put that much attention to detail and like that much game content for for your birthday is so nice. They could have just something like, you know, Tom Nook gives you a cake and you have to owe him bills afterwards or something. <laughs> but like, you know, I-, I loved hitting a pinata with Lily and Muffy and Billy. Uh it was great. Um <laughs>
0: two two things very quickly actually, and, and they kind of feed into a thing that I just want to shout out. Uh my partner just texted me as we were as we were in the middle of talking about this, uh, she's been trying to catch the blue marlin because it's, it's the last of the fish that are gone in April. Uh, that she oh, hadn't caught. yeah, yeah. She just caught a blue marlin. Shout out to Persia for catching the blue marlin. Hell yeah. That's a cool fish. It's a great fish. Um, anyway. I got it on a rainy day. Uh, she and I visited your island once uh a couple weeks before your birthday or like maybe a week before your birthday I forget why we were we were going to your nook store for some reason you had something for sale that we both wanted and anyway uh while we were there KK Slider was hanging out and and KK Slider when we talked to him said hey don't tell Steven but I'm collecting messages for his birthday do you have anything you want him to know uh, so we both got to write messages to you that would get delivered, I guess, on your birthday, which
1: you then received eventually, right? Yeah, because KK Slider plays a birthday song for you. I forgot to mention that. And then uh, messages from the other villagers come up and then you and Prisca showed up. And I was like, how did they do that? Because uh, I had other friends like write to me in the game, which is very nice. Mm-hmm. I got like letters from them. But like you're showed up in the like KK Slider birthday credits, and I was like, "Wow, that's so cool!" Yeah, uh, that's I really so appreciated cool. that. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely will will swing by your town in the summer, give you a Gemini blessing. Yeah, we're very,
0: we're we're getting
1: there. We're, we're close. Yeah.
0: Um. Anyway, yeah, I, I thought that was so that was so interesting. The the fact that there are so many things that we still don't know about this game. Um, just, just as an example, last night I got a new app in, in the Nook phone somehow. Like I thought that I had oh, wow. seen all the apps, but I got a new one.
1: Um, <laughs> I just thought of the persona five metaverse. It's a metaverse Advigator. app. And I, I,
0: I went into Isabel's subconsciousness by, it was very surprising to me. Yeah. Um, turns out awful. Per, no. Um, anyway, I, I got the, I got the Nook shopping app. Have you gotten that app yet? No, I haven't. So if you use the the ABD, which is like the um, like the ATM machine in the town hall, enough yeah. times, and you buy enough stuff from the Nook shopping app, uh, uh, from the Nook shop in in the ABD, eventually you just get the app on your phone, and you can just buy stuff on the fly wherever oh, that's you are, awesome. which is great. And I, I just I had this like jaw dropping, holy shit moment that there was still another app that I hadn't found, and and I just it just makes me wonder like what else haven't I seen in this game? Yeah, you know, yeah, like. I, I at this point uh i have met a, a strange fox on a smog billowing ship i've met a ghost uh i met uh, i still have met the ghost i met a rabbit who may or may not be a regular person in in a zipped up rabbit <laughs> costume like what
1: else is there to find in this game but it's still happening and i think yeah. that's amazing oh yeah it's it's incredible how's your um, island doing New Jersey's doing great. That's my island's name. Uh, We're three stars, which I find insulting. But, you know, I... uh, I just hit four today. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think... Because they tell you, like, how to improve it, so I need to build more stuff. Because, truth be told, like, the two cliffs, like, are just trees and stuff. I actually put a pool with some floor lights near uh, Coach's house. But I... I, In my time with the game so far, I've spent a lot of time and Bells on, like building bridges and steps um i chose a lot of the iron ones so they are more expensive so yeah my house only has one room i'm I'm slowly building up my house because i want to have more space and more of like a thematic Mm -hmm. flow going on my house is pretty normal i have a kk funk playing i got a hardwood floor and like isn't too off from how i decorate like my normal apartment like i have like uh, a music setup i've got a skeleton Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got an Aries rocking chair. So, you know, the same stuff I have in my <laughs> life. Uh, no, but, like, it's, like, I, I lay it out, like, like a house. Especially my bedroom in Animal Crossing is, like, very much how I would normally decorate a room. And I kind of want to keep that. I think the living room and the bedroom will be, like, this is, like, my aesthetic filtered through Animal Crossing. And then the other rooms might have some type of theme to them. Mm. My friend Sadie is making, like, a wrestling fighting dome. Because I, I, ha- I found the wallpaper that's, like, a crowd cheering yes. like in a, in a video game, and I gave that to her because she's making this whole theme with it. This, uh, like, this, I don't, I don't it. know
0: if we talked about this. This guy I went to college with, uh, he goes by Grimecraft. He's, he's a DJ. Um, he's been doing these uh, weekly streams on Twitch where he opens up his island, and you can go visit, and he does a DJ set in Animal Crossing. That's awesome. Which is wild because there's like turntables in the game and stuff, and and it's literally just like him streaming his Animal Crossing house. Or if he does the the setup outdoors, then outdoors. Um, and then all of the green gets like green screened out and just becomes these like really wild visuals. And then he's actually DJing in real life and playing the music out over Twitch, uh, which is really fun. But um, the first time he did it, uh, he, he set up a room that had like the fog flooring and then also had that wallpaper with like the people cheering. That's supposed to be like a boxing match. But in this case, it just looked like a huge crowd like. Into, yeah. into him DJing, it was so interesting. Like the people have figured out the most ingenious shit in this game, and, yeah, and that, that in particular is, was like, yeah, just like jaw dropping levels of of creative output.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's really inspiring, and, and stuff like that can inspire you to do something of your own. Uh, anyway, so my house is like that. Outside, I have um, I have a pretty big garden. That was like one of the first things to happen. I planted like a bunch of flowers before I even knew that there was like. The ability to make new colors by like cross fertilizing, so a mm-hmm. lot of other flowers just pop up, and I don't even have any rhyme or reason to. I just put stuff there. It's like my chaotic. I'm this. Squinter. I'm exactly the same yeah. way. Yeah. Uh And behind me, I had a zen wall that was around all the different fruits. So my island is cherries, and I and I got like two of each of the other fruits, and I got more. So I'm, that's actually the thing I'm trying to rebuild because I want to have maybe like hedges instead of the gates mm, Yeah. Um, but so that's that's like my immediate area and I'm, I'm at the southeastern edge of the island so my house is on the grass but I'm right by the beach and I have a hammock some coconut trees got a radio and a bonfire with stone seats it's a chill place you'll love it um, <laughs> and then uh, next to me is Lily uh, the frog she's one of my favorites she is often like reading a book uh, or racing Billy, one of the two jocks. We'll get into them. Uh, there's a normal frog. I, I, normal sounds so ins- it, it's like normie esque, you know. I think there's, there's a different descriptor. Uh, but I digress. Uh, my other neighbors are Billy and Muffy. Uh, they're they're north of me. Uh, they were the two starting uh, neighbors. So mm. Billy is a jock goat, uh, and Muffy. Is a sisterly sheep that has like a goth aesthetic. Though it's weird because she looks very goth and the outside of her house is painted purple and black. But inside it's like very Lisa Frank. So I'm like, what is that design decision? I wonder (laughs) like, is that like how she, is that her palace? We'll get into that later. Anyway. Then uh, north of them, you've got Elvis. He's the one neighbor I didn't invite or meet in the campsite. I just bought a plot of land, and Tom just sold it to a And it just happened uh, to be Elvis. And it happened to be Elvis, who like is easily one of the stars of the island. He's a cranky lion who dresses in a king's robe, and his house is like he's got a in the middle of his house. He has a golden plate on a scarlet red table set, and everything is like regal. And his catchphrase is, oh, oh, like for like Elvis <laughs> Presley. Uh, he's amazing. Uh, yeah. And he will often just come out into town square and sing, like, yeah, whoa, me, oh, yeah. If, you know how they sing. Uh, but, like, oddly sings up the octave, even though his voice is like, you know. yeah. Um, Bardo, who, need I say more? I think about half of my Twitter presence has been just, like, discoveries about Bardo. Yeah. Uh, he is just like an enigma he has the best spot like his house is in the coolest part of new jersey it really northeast. is yeah he has a great it's spot right he's right by the able sisters which you said uh, across the bridge i have a i have a wooden path that leads to their house with a little sign and it's right by the waterfall and the beach so like you've got a waterfall able sisters shop with by like a street lamp and flowers it's beautiful bardo's house and then the beach so Berto is like in between paradises. Yeah. Uh, and he is like such a bizarre individual. I don't want to talk about him too much because chances are we've already, you've already heard us like prophesize Berdo's message to you. Um, <laughs> but he said something to me recently in the game where he was like at the new nook and cranny, which is like getting kind of ritzy. And yeah. he was like, what's the point of moving to a desert island if you don't get every single thing you desire or something like that? Whoa. Which like raised several red flags to me. He asked <laughs> to move away once and I said no, and I wonder if I'll say yes when he asks again. I but, think he might actually be a villain. Yeah, I think he he's the like I said before, you, you need a villager to stir up some drama and he is that, but I love him. Uh he is so bizarre. Uh does not wear pants and he should. Um <laughs> just an incredible character. Yeah. And then uh I had like a town square. I'll I'll go through this more Quickly, but I have like a town square, cobblestone paths, very cool. Uh, and the rest of my neighbors are on. uh And the museum is like in the south. Museum I've pretty much decked out. Like I, I think I have most of the fossils. Yeah, me too. At
0: this point, I'm like getting very close to completing that side yeah. of the museum already. Somehow.
1: And I have a good amount of fish and bugs. I feel like I have like half of the fish and half of the bugs. Like a little less than half. But I have a lot of the. I have. I got a blue marlin. I got the weird like deep sea Lovecraft fish.
0: Oh, 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 never mind. You're, you're yeah. not, not the colacanth. You, d- you didn't get that yet, right?
1: I had that. Yeah. Oh, do you? Wow. I haven't yeah. got one yet. Uh, it's only on rainy days. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I have like a lot of really rare. I have a lot of really rare fish in New Jersey. <laughs> um, uh-huh, uh-huh. Then on the West coast, uh-huh. <laughs> on the West coast, you got the lazy octopus Zucker. Uh, I love him. Yeah. He uh, is Big great. Big fan of Zucker. Uh, uh, another fan favorite is Apple, the peppy hamster. Uh she talks about herself as if she's a celebrity and says Trey Fab or you know <laughs> how do you pronounce that. I gave her a Cavaliers hat, kind of a phantom thief aesthetic there. Uh and then Snooty was there, uh the the Snooty Anteater. She asked to move away and I said yes. Cause I'm like, I can't hang on to everyone. I need to let them yes. follow the journey. I think Uh, that's a big part of this, honestly. I I I find that allowing
0: for change to happen is important in this game. Um,
1: Berdo asked like, as soon as we had running water, I'm like, dude, you can't. (laughs) Can you imagine moving to this place and being like, oh, there's now a society. I'm off. So, and he was. But now he's taking it out on you. Now now he's plotting something evil potentially. Yeah, there's something going on with Berdo. There's something about Berdo. Oh no no that can't that cannot be
0: the title of this.
1: Um, wait, I need I to refuse. find the name. Uh, Naomi moved in Snooty's place. She is a Snooty cow villager, uh, and she's lovely. I love her. That's great. Um, uh, the last, the tenth villager is Coach. He is a uh, oh, Coach like is a, awesome. Yeah, he's like a bull uh, jock with with five o'clock shadow, uh, and he just is amazing. I, I decked out his. He lives on the cliff like up iron steps on a cliff by the lake. And I gave him a big satellite and a barbecue. So I'm just dadding him out. He's like, Oh, I got, I got the best reception up here. We can watch the game. have a big barbecue. We <laughs> could all have a great time. So coach has all that. It's also his birthday uh, coming up. It's on the 29th. So, oh. uh, wish coach a happy a birthday. birthday would you? Yeah. yeah. It's also fun when will. the villagers Invite me over on his
0: birthday. birthday I'll, I'll say happy yeah. birthday,
1: to Coach. Yeah, it's it's a blast when it's one of their birthdays because they just do what they do for you for each other. Yeah. It's great to see. And that's it. That's pretty much all that's going on. I read the Fox came. I bought, oh, uh, uh, Da Vinci's Vitruvian Man. Right. Oh, no, wait. Yeah, Da Vinci's <laughs> Vitruvian it, yeah. Man was the first piece of art that I was given, uh, which it seems like foreshadowing of, like, Berido's weird... Kind of like Machiavellian, uh, like godlike vision of himself. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, it sounds
0: like a beautiful place. I mean, I've i visited before, but it, it, it was a beautiful place when I visited, and sounds like it's only become more beautiful over time. Yeah. Um, I like it. Yeah. I I um I've been having just having just the best time uh, ever since I started. So I started with um two villagers, and I mentioned this on on a, on the previous episode, but I started with uh. A, a squirrel named named hazel who was already awesome um and then i also started with a penguin whose name was no joke <laughs> Igly. <Iggly. laughs> so on brendan bigley's island there was a there was a penguin named igley uh which is really bizarre i have left them exactly where they were um they those two are on like the opening part of the island Uh, Or like the first part that you're allowed to build stuff on. And everyone else has been built out over the river on the other side. Mm, Um, So right now there's like this very like kind of tight knit group of like me and Hazel and Igley like still in this like original area and everybody else is expanding outwards from there. But yeah, I I am a big fan of my villagers. I've invited um, all of them. Is it all? Is that true? It is. It is all. I've invited all of them um, by going to uh, Mystery Islands and inviting them one by one. Um, my, my first villager that I invited was Lucky, the dog, who is also a mummy. Um, also, potentially, he got into a horrible accident and survived. And that's why his name is Lucky, kind of up in the air. Uh, he is the best. Uh, big fan, big fan of Lucky. Uh, I mean, Bangle, so you gave me
1: a poster of him. Which I, I did. I sent like, you a poster yeah. of him because I thought that poster was awesome. I just I just want to prove my fandom for Lucky with my yeah, poster.
0: Totally. Lucky's great. Um, I got Bangle, who's a tiger. Um, who I I'm I'm up in the air about Bangle. Bangle has been getting into a lot of arguments with other villagers recently, <laughs> so I'm not sure if I want her to stick around. But also, she's very nice. She always runs up and says hi to me, so I, I kind of want to keep her around. Um, yeah. After that was Meringue, who is uh, a rhino who has instead of a horn a strawberry um she's she is dressed like a chef at all times seems to be like very very food centric um i'm a big fan of meringue um after that was henry the frog who i will get into just i'll loop back around to henry because is very important um and then based on coming to your island and meeting Berdo, uh and and our discussion about how you need to have one just truly like loathsome villager <laughs> um I, I invited klaus the bear To my island, who is a a bear, who is German. He's a German bear, but he's dressed like Julius Caesar. Uh, And and his house is filled with toilets. And every time you walk (laughs) into his house, he's on a toilet reading a book.
1: (laughs) That is truly Lynchian. Like, we've said that a lot, but that is, like, right out of Eraserhead. I love that.
0: I love Klaus so much. Klaus being on my island brings me so much joy. I put his house right on the beach. It's a beautiful spot. Uh, he, ha- he has a big, like, victory flag hanging outside. It's very strange. Um, and then I also just recently invited Ozzy, who is who is a koala, to my island. Uh, oh, he yeah. came to my island and immediately got sick and was sick for four straight days. Uh, <laughs> but now he's hanging out. Now he's good. <laughs> he's, he's been walking around. So that's been great. I, I want to circle back to Henry. So Henry, yeah. Henry I invited. Henry was a frog um, that I invited to the island just kind of on a whim, I went and talked to him and he was like, hey, I'm thinking about visiting, I, I want to, I'm visiting this island, I want to visit, like, another cool island. And I was like, I have a cool island, you can come visit. And he was like, I'm thinking about moving to an island. And I was like, you can come move to my island, that sounds great. You seem like a cool guy. Henry has immediately become my best friend on the island. Uh, Hen- Henry is <laughs> maybe the best villager I've ever met in an Animal Crossing game And I want to double down on that point because I've played every animal crossing game. Um, Henry, I'm starting to think over time, is the protagonist of Animal Crossing New Horizons. The the amount (laughs) of just brilliant shit Henry has thrown out time and time again has been nothing short of incredible. Um, Let let me just, I I have so many screenshots of of things that Henry has said to me over time. Um, There was this one time I was walking around, uh, I was fishing, and Henry was just standing outside of Town Hall looking in one of the windows. And, and I was like, "What are you doing?" And, Hen- yeah. and Henry says, "You know who's the real brains behind New Oak? It's clearly Isabel. Can you imagine what this place would be like without her?" Oh my god! And he had this face that was like, "I'll show it. I'll show it to you, Stephen. It was so pensive. He was. He's like really. <laughs> He's like really thinking about it." Yeah, that's amazing. Um, later, later after that, I saw him just looking at the tadpoles in the museum. Uh, he was just checking them out and I talked to him and he, and he turned to me and he goes a chance encounter at the aquarium it feels like something dramatic is about to happen um, oh he's also God. the only villager who talked about egg day in a negative light he absolutely hated egg day also uh, I Thank talked God. to him and he yeah. said I know what you're thinking. Who needs that many eggs? The real question is, who cares about eggs? And I was like, yes, Henry. (laughs) (laughs) You're right.
1: (laughs) Gamers rise up. You know Uh, what? Henry has big Daria energy. Now that I'm hearing all this dialogue, it's like very kind of like low energy and sarcastic, but extremely insightful and observational. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. You're, you're Daria and Jane together. This is great. It's it's so good. I eventually
0: gave him a t-shirt that had a frog on it, and he immediately put it on and now wears a shirt with his own face on it, which I think is really great. Um, That's incredible. And there was also one other time where I walked up to him, and I gave him a, a, a bag of bells. I had, I had just gotten 10,000 bells from a balloon, and he gave them back to me. He was like, I can't accept this gift. I just, I refuse. Wow henry is the protagonist He's such a strong of, of moral new Oak, compass. the island um and and my game of animal crossing new horizons
1: well every protagonist needs an antagonist i've pulled up my switch to to show you my favorite Berto screenshots if you <laughs> want to see more of them <laughs> here's here's some evidence i'm gonna mm-hmm. suppose this evidence for for an unknown crime this is me in Berto's house which is like it's got like silent movie villain music playing, like kind of. Like, a I posted record. a
0: screenshot of that on my Twitter. His house looks exactly like any set from Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Yeah, yeah, and he big, said big Cold War uh, MI6 <laughs> vibes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've said before, he looks like Gene Hackman in the conversation. Yes, like yeah, he, yeah. his whole house is bugged. Um, but he, <laughs> I walked in and he said, "Surprise, Stephen." This place is like a shrine to me, a shrine, dot, 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 to myself, dot, 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 for me, (laughs) a shrine to myself (laughs) for me. Oh, I hate Uh, it. This is another one where I caught him outside at midnight, sitting by a tree, and he said, Jinx, you owe me some bubble tea. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha. So we got, you know, some desire there. Uh, Let's see what else I got here. Has he
0: run through all of the deadly sins? So we, we have vanity. We have so vanity.
1: We, okay, I'll try to fight all the. <laughs> we have vanity, uh, which is a shrine. Dot. Dot, dot for myself. Dot. Dot, dot uh-huh. for me. We've got gluttony, which is you owe me. Double T. Uh, this is arguably wrath. He's standing <laughs> in front of his house, saying, "Well, allow me to pull a classic Bardo. I got something for you too. Let's see." Oh, this is actually nice. He said, you may be sick of hearing this today, but happy birthday. So maybe he's not too bad. (laughs) Let me try to find more sins. (laughs) Let me try to find more sins. Here's a sin. Uh, buongiorno. That means it's going to be a great giorno in Italian. I love that. Uh, Yeah. So that's a sin. Um, and then, okay, here we go. I don't know what led to this, but he's looking really sad in his own house. And he said, but the purple hand mirror and the musaka seemed so real, Whiskers. That seems like lust to me, you know? <laughs> so maybe he's not every sin, but he's at least five of them. Oh, here we go. It wasn't me. You've got the wrong bear. That sounds like a, sort of a opportunist vestibule of hell yes. kind of kind of vibe. Absolutely. Oh my God, here's the final sin. He's daydreaming on the beach and he's saying, ah, the magic of bunny day. No, 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 Yeah, that's uh, not allowed. An opportunist. Yeah, a, an opportunist. So Bardo is a sinner. He's not without redemption <laughs> or he's not beyond redemption. Uh, he is like uh, kind of a mid-tier villain that like you want to switch sides, but hasn't made his decision yet. That's yeah. kind of where I'm putting it for now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I find New Oak to be um, a place that I really enjoy spending time, uh, maybe unsurprisingly but but I, I think the introduction of shrubs and Nature Day has really kind of um,
1: <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing at your like expert segue from us trying to find every deadly sin <laughs> to just like, yeah, shrubs are a really great mechanic to add.
0: I don't know. I I just think like it, looking back on Bunny Day, uh, it also happened at the same time as the Cherry Blossom Festival, which um, yeah. Created just like it just created this like whole host of incredible recipes where you could get you could catch cherry blossom petals with a net and turn them into just like beautiful kind of like limited edition furniture and and all these different things. And that that to me feels like the ideal Animal Crossing event it's Absolutely. really unfortunate that it happened at the same time as bunny day because it like really lessened <laughs> the impact of, of the cherry blossom festival um yeah but but that said like that and nature day just kind of like sparked the imagination and inspire me to make my island even better um and, i love that and that i think is is What will result in the staying power of this game is if they keep rolling out events like this that that bring people coming back because they're literally excited about like the one extra thing they get to do during their hour that they play per day or less, you know, because like absolutely. If you're a person who's been kind of on the fence about this game and you've listened to this much of the podcast already, like really what I'll say is uh, even in, if an hour sounds like too much, like you could play this game for a half an hour or maybe even 20 minutes a day and yeah. still do everything that you want to do. Some things might take longer, but that's also part of the beauty of the game. Um, the, the fact that the game w- moves in real time, I think, is integral to uh, the prolonged enjoyment of it. Uh, I personally am most looking forward to playing this game in the fall. It's my favorite time to play this game uh, or all of these games. And, and it's my favorite time in real life. Um, so I'm just looking forward to that and I have, you know, an entire other season in between now and then to experience (laughs) and, and there will be more events in there. Um, and that's really, really thrilling. Um, yeah, I don't know this game already in, in one short month means so much to me, like personally. Like Same. I think, you know, by the end of this year we'll be in like my top five games probably of all time in terms of just like hours played, if not like just in general. Um Yeah. I, I i think it's an extremely special and unique thing. Uh and and I think a lot of games are gonna try and ape some shit from this
1: eventually. Yeah. and I think it's just it's just a must if you have a Switch. You know, like I think uh yeah. I think we're both very conscious of, like, even games we love where we're like, okay, we like this, but maybe, you know, we don't want anyone to spend their money just on what we say. But, like, spend your money on this one. If you have a Switch, like, this is good. You're going to be happy you have it, yeah, no matter how you end up playing I was it.
0: always very iffy about recommending it because, as you mentioned earlier, like, this, this game was kind of a cult classic for a long time. Like, this franchise yeah. was kind of a cult classic for a long time. You know, it, it was pretty widely well received, but it wasn't it didn't have a huge player base. It wasn't like one of Nintendo's like, you know, top three IP. And and now it is. Um, but like up until now, I, I really wasn't telling everyone in my life that they should play it. Like my dad has a switch um, and, and my dad read an article about Animal Crossing in like the New Yorker or something. Uh, and, and was like oh should I get this game and I was like I don't think you should like I, d- I don't know if you'd like it and then I went back a week later after playing more of New Horizons I was like yes you should get Animal Crossing you should absolutely play this you will love it it'll be great for you uh, he, he just retired recently so it's like it'll give you something to do you know I, I think um, I, I'm having a hard time not recommending this game and that's not to yeah. say that I haven't talked to people who have bounced off of it because I absolutely have like there are people at work and in my life uh, who I've talked to, who are like in Slack channels and Discord channels and things like that, who who picked up New Horizons and they played it for a bit because of the hype, um, and and it just like didn't work for them, and that's totally fine. I do think yeah. that this game, honestly, like very truly, I think that this game is for everyone. I think like there are just good and bad ways to get into it in some cases, yeah. um, but I think that this game is so fucking malleable that you can fit it into your life in some way, uh, and and you can find some enjoyment out of it maybe they just didn't like sick the landing in terms of introducing all of the mechanics and features for you specifically. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think the biggest hurdle for anyone new to this is probably like the first two days. Cause like, that's where like, you're really like, you're just picking sticks not up given much to do and picking sticks up. So you might be like, Oh, it's going to be the whole game. And, like pretty much quickly you have so much more to do, but like, that might be cuz i don't think any other game has that structure of like okay just wait until tomorrow you know yeah uh and i think that, that that becomes less of a uh roadblock the more you play it i was waiting for the reveal of you telling your dad like hey you should get this game and he's like oh i've been playing i'm i'm henry i've been playing as henry this whole time <laughs> uh and have that have that twist uh have that twist um my my dad and i play video games growing up but like i don't think it's something that he really would make time for now like he's he's a very like uh schedule bound person like i'm sure he would enjoy them but i don't think he's gonna like make it a new part of his life because everything else is so set yeah but my mom is always really taken to them in a way that like felt like she had her own kind of interest in it so i've been debating getting her switch and i think she would adore this game uh i feel like she made it this is very much in my mom's <laughs> energy of like kind of like overwhelmingly nice but strange uh i think that's like the best <laughs> elevator pitch for this game yeah yeah
0: you should do that anyway. you should you should get her for her get her a switch light
1: or something yeah that'd be great i think that is what i'll do for my mom thank you for this opportunity of course uh, uh do you want to answer questions <laughs> from from the listeners yeah I was say, do you want to take a short break and then do questions oh we can do that yeah let's take a break yeah let's let's divide it up but uh we love this game and the most exciting thing is that we're doing this month check-in, and I guarantee we'll have something else to bring up probably in, like, a week and a half, you know? Yeah. Like, I think I think our sense of place and our excitement for the game won't wane anytime soon, and when it does, it will just become, like, kind of a norm. You know, it won't ever feel like... I mean, you know, everything move on eventually, but I think, uh, I think this game has, like, very steadily become, like, a static part of my... Or not static, that, Im- that implies something negative, but it's become like a go-to for me in the same way that like a Mario Kart or Smash Brothers is just like a nice return to something. This yeah. is literally a return to something. So yeah, let's take a break and we'll do our questions. I'm very excited for those. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye
0: steven we're back we got questions from listeners about animal crossing new horizons are you ready for them i'm so
1: excited yeah i also just want to thank all of you preemptively maybe i'll change my mind after this but i want to thank you all for giving us questions like easily my favorite part of a lot of episodes we've done and i hope we can do more in the future like this yeah So thank you cool
0: uh jillian asks can you talk about cats 2019 again
1: <laughs> <laughs> i immediately regret what i just said yeah no um, um no wait a follow-up a follow-up
0: question to that was from kim who said rank all of the animal crossing cats from most to least jellicle so i thought i thought i'd pair those two questions together oh
1: my god oh i'm so excited to do the lighter i'll have to pull them up uh if you could yeah like... i'm gonna send you a link okay cool um in terms of talking about the movie again, I feel like in a way we never aren't talking about that movie now <laughs> post seeing it, you know? Like will we have another episode about it? Probably not. I think I think yeah. that just had to happen for us to move past it. But I think like much like a lot of things we just kinda of bring up in passing, I think Cast twenty nineteen will forever be in the DNA of this show.
0: I think so too. You, I mean I, I've yeah. still
1: talked about it a lot, like in
0: in person with other people since uh, since seeing it and since recording our episode about it like that's one of those things that when you see it you can never unsee it and you can never remove it from your brain you know what I mean
1: um, you would yeah.
0: literally need the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind treatment to to remove that from your head I think like it it just ch- kind of changes everything
1: yeah exactly how many cats are there a whole bunch there are a whole are bunch of lot cats,
0: cats. Uh, there are actually even more than in this list that I just sent you. <laughs>
1: Uh, I guess we can go through. I think I think this should be this should be
0: like a like a binary. Are they are they
1: jellical? Are they? We'll we'll do this. Very jellical. Jellical. Not jellical. Very not jellical. There'll be four, and then you can (laughs) you can assign them the value, dear listener, yourself. So we're not taking forever on this. So we'll start. We'll do alphabetically. We're gonna start. With Anka, she's a snooty mm-hmm. cat that yeah. kind of has like an Egyptian mythology vibe going on. I want to say she is very jellicle, Um <laughs> because <laughs> she has a theme and she's a cat, and that's like literally like if you can yeah. easily make a song, and Anka is like screaming for a song. They they are.
0: I'm Anka, the Pharaoh
1: cat. Yeah, they their their yeah. default outfit is like mummy tape. So like. There is a whole musical number for Anka waiting to happen. Now, um, that, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like I should get Anka because I have
0: lucky already. Feels like feels like that should happen. I'm also going to say that Anka is is uh, as jellical as a cat can be. Yeah, I think
1: so again, very jellical, Jellical. There will be no neutral. Very jellical, jellical, not jellical, very not jellical, which yeah. I don't think we'll encounter, but I'm just going to have the option for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob, for example, is the next one. <laughs> I think you and I are going to have different takes. You go first. Okay, so let me. So, Bob, <laughs> visually, we got a cat with half open eyes uh, and, and kind of a lazy smile. He is a lazy cat. Um, and his initial phrase is. <laughs> oh wait i need to look at what anka's phrases uh that will really help in this grading initial phrase is me meow i mean she's just so jellical; it doesn't even matter but bob's (laughs) bob's initial phrase is (laughs) (laughs) literally p-t-t-h-h-p-t-h i'm gonna say bob is not jellical. I think Bob is very jellical. OK, let's hear why.
0: I think Bob is a very jellicle cat. And, and here's here's where the difference lies. I know because I'm an extremely online person that Bob is kind of a meme. Uh, OK, Bob is known for nonstop dancing. Essentially, there is an incredible gif of Bob dancing that has been making the rounds literally since like, I don't know, maybe I want to say city folk or wild world of Bob just going like like swaying his arms back and forth to whatever song is playing. Um, I love that Bob has a very kind of like laid back, chill vibe, but is also known for getting down to literally any song that's playing. I think that Bob is very jellical in that uh, he he just really appreciates everything. He really appreciates every every kind of music. Um, I think you're right that fits that that fits right in with with the jellical vibe
1: i'm reading more on the fandom too and his Picture quote is "I'm a cat, chillin' is in my blood, man." And then another quote says, "You only live once or nine times," which is very jellical. He's <laughs> yeah, alluding to <laughs> the the kind of theme of uh, reincarnation, which al- also adds to Anka's even more jellical vibe. You know, life after death kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, so we got two very jellical cats, Anka and Bob. Very jellical. I-, I definitely have been swayed. Next up, we got Felicity. Let's see what her deal is. This fandom site is giving my computer a virus, I think. Uh, let's <laughs> it's see it's here.
0: heavy load on animalcrossing.fandom.com slash wiki slash cat.
1: <laughs> okay, Felicity is a peppy cat villager. Uh, Love has no bounds, is a quote. You have to do your part too. The pretty flowers only grow where there are no weeds or garbage. Um, I'm going to say Felicity, despite being Uncanny Valley human-esque, is, is not jellical. I don't get jellical vibes from her. Uh, and maybe if you have a case for her go for it I don't think it's a bad thing being not jellical isn't a bad thing she just doesn't seem very she Jellicle just isn't angelllical yeah,
0: yeah. I, I I would also say I don't think she's very jellical
1: yeah I'm I' think say, she, not Jellicle. I'm gonna not gonna say not jellical she's not very not Jellicle, but she's not jellical sorry Felicity moving on <laughs> Feline. Feline's very interesting. Can I can I give you feline's whole shtick? Please. Yeah, you're the expert here. Feline is
0: only in New Leaf and Happy Home Designer. Feline is specifically a reference to Monster Hunter 4 for the Nintendo 3DS. <laughs> And is, is supposed to be representative of all the cats in those games. Um, feline lives in a volcano. Like, uh, their house is is a volcano. And and their quote, uh, their, like, initial phrase is just nya, which is, you know, like, early internet cat speak. Um, one of the quotes is calmly gathering the life of a hunter.
1: Yeah, ah, the life of a hunter. I'm going to say jellicle for feline. Not very, but definitely jellicle. Living in a volcano and being a hunter, there's a theme here. I could see a song easily. Yeah. Not a show-stopping number like Anka. Like Anka is like end of act one and then comes out for the encore while everyone has bowed. Kind mm-hmm. of levels of Jellicle. And Bob is like probably has a song akin to like You're Welcome where it's like a family favorite, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But Feline has a song but isn't the most jellical. So I'm just, I'm just going to say Jellicle, if you'll agree with me there. I will agree with you there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, next up we got Kabuki. I'm gonna say right off the bat, very jellical, <laughs> a, a, a reference to Kabuki theater. So like the theater crossover here is is like undeniable. The initial <laughs> oh phrase gosh. is what? The initial <laughs> phrase <is> just say. <laughs> It <laughs> is Oh, a play on the word meow and the typical sound of the Kabuki actor makes during their Mie pose, uh-huh. according to fandom. Uh, I hope I didn't butcher that. I didn't know that that was a reference while I was reading that sentence. I just saw Mio. Very jellicle, incredibly jellicle, maybe even more jellical than Anka because this is a, a direct, I mean, we don't need to put them against each other. They're just both very jellicle. Kabuki and Anka are like, glowingly Jellicle with Bob yeah. shortly behind.
0: Y- Kabuki and Anka are both the kind of Jellicle that I think will never win the Jellicle ball because they, they're they so ingrained in the Jellicle community that they kind of need to be around. Like Gus the Theater Cat has never won the Jellicle ball, you know, but like is so jellical. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: Sorry, I'm laughing because I'm pulling up the next cat, and I'm noticing a recurring theme in their initial phrases. (laughs) They're all just versions of Meow. (laughs) We have to grade this. Okay, cat with two T's and a K is a sisterly villager cat uh, who appeared in New Leaf. Her name means cat in Swedish and Norwegian. Um, Her initial catchphrase is... Her name uh, also means cat in English. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. Well, I'm just reading, I'm just reading what it says. Her <laughs> initial phrase is purdy. <laughs> um, I don't know with cat. So so cat kind of looks like a Galarian Meowth in the face. Mm-hmm. It has sort of like a uh kind of goblin monster, like like dragon quest monster face.
0: I'm going to hit say- you right now. Okay. Very not jellical. Okay, yeah. But is definitely either one of the main cast or, like, recurring uh, neighbor characters on a 90s sitcom.
1: Yes, thank you. Because I was like, there's no, I'm not getting any angelical aura from Kat, but I do hear an audience applause when she enters a room. There is like, star power here. Yeah. But she not in an angelical a, way. Yeah, she has an Angelica from the Rugrats vibe, yeah. but not Jellicle. Right, specifically uh, Rugrats
0: All Grown Up. Um, Cat I'm so excited to f- talk about the next one.
1: <laughs> Cat has a future on the silver screen, but maybe not on the stage in yeah. a jellicle way. Yeah. Okay. Oh my God. Kid Cat, uh, the race car driver with a kind of speed racer helmet. Kid Cat is a jock villager. His theme and Japanese name are referenced to Carmen Ryder. He is one of the five superhero villagers. I didn't even know this. Yep. Uh, others being Agent S, Big Top, Rocket, and Philly. His initial phrase... Psst, is a sound <laughs> made. <laughs> I'm not reading this. Uh, and his catchphrase is crime doesn't pay. uh I want to say very jellical. Again, we've got a theme, we've got a very obvious song, and we've got a lot of star power on the stage here. The, uh, the
0: problem with Kid Cat, again, I, I agree, very jellical, but the problem with Kid Cat is that. Uh, they can't perform without the other four members of the superhero squad, kind of mm. like the the Ginyu Force in Dragon Ball Z. For those of you who are Dragon Ball Z fans, uh, I I believe that Kid Kat will also never win the Jellicle Ball for that reason. Lots of star power, but but requires backup. Uh, and because the backup can't also win the Jellicle Ball, that means a kid cat can't singularly win the Jellicle Ball.
1: I agree. I also just scrolled down and saw how many more cats we have, so I'm going to say let's speed this up a little bit. <laughs> are there really that many more? I- there are so many more, <laughs> Let's just make this <laughs> faster. Okay, uh, Kiki, uh, I want to say normal. I'm just going to say not Jellicle because their catchphrase is nothing ventured, nothing gained. That's not a very jellical outlook, Kiki. No, not jellical. No,
0: K- Kiki's the kind of cat that I think works in a model's.
1: <laughs> that sums it up. All right, moving on. Kitty, Kitty is a snooty cat villager. She's subtly rude. Uh, if you want something done well, do it yourself. Ooh, okay. Kind of a macavity vibe here. I am going to say jellical, but not very. I I agree with you. The the reason
0: she's not very jellical is that her name is Kitty.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next you gotta up we do got, better than that. <laughs> you gotta do better than that. Lolly, uh, normal cat villager, laughter is the best medicine. Uh, she just seems like a nice cat. I want to say, not sure. Don't get
0: involved with all those jellical cats, Lolly. Just do yeah. yeah.
1: good. All right, next up, we got Meow, who literally has like a Tamagotchi's depiction of a cat on her face um only available in animal forest e
0: plus which is um just to wrap this whole thing around animal forest the original n64 release of animal crossing then was released as animal crossing in the united states where they had changed some of the holidays and events to match uh the western world and then re-released that game in japan again as animal forest e uh and and meow is only available in
1: that version of the game (laughs) and never again i want to say not jellicle just for lack of sustainability uh i was gonna say jellicle because
0: i I like the mystery yeah okay i'll give i'll give her robotic tamagotchi face only available in one game from 2000
1: i think i think that's very (laughs) mysterious i'm into it Mary is a peppy cat villager. Wow. I'll never be as cool as the scary giant bird. Mui. There's really no confidence here, so I'm going to say not jellical. Not Jellicle. Uh, I agree. Mitzi. Um, Very I've close seen to this cat before. Yeah. Who cat is a villager. Jellicle person in real life. Practice makes perfect. Ooh. I think I think Mitsuki is jellical and is probably one of the cats that like narrates a lot of the story but doesn't get their own song, you know? Yeah. One of those cats. I could see that. Mo we got next. Uh kind of like a lazy ignorance is bliss. <laughs> what are these catch races? <laughs> um I Mo freaks Mo's me out
0: just to look at which yeah. makes me think that he might be very jellical, but i don't think he is
1: i don't think he i think he's i think i, I want to say Mo is very not jellical, but he is wearing a shirt that says bb on it so there, there's something going that, on that's here. that's my draw yeah uh monique this is a this very is one of the jellical. yeah very jellical has kind of like a marilyn monroe vibe no airbrushing necessary all publicity is good publicity which is the exact attitude that will get you in the cast of cats 2019 welcome to the very jellical ball monique olivia uh already getting jellical vibes from her you're the best kind of friend because you make me look even prettier uh there is an exception to every rule i like olivia i think she is very jellicle. Um, I think she has some mystery. Uh, not a clear theme, but I think you need some mystery. Not everyone can be as... As on the nose as Anka can in terms of theme. I agree. Uh, so, Olivia, welcome. Okay, now we got Pierre, a uh, clown. <laughs> also only
0: available in Animal Forest E+, Plus. Uh, Pierre has big Pagliacci the clown vibes.
1: Yeah, and ergo inherently jellical. I'm not going to say very, though. I'm just going to say jellical. I'm also going to say, yeah, I agree. I agree yeah. with you. Uh, punchy, turn the other cheek. There's always more fish in the sea. This guy has like big early 2000s friend energy. Uh, Jason I Lee was, would have played Punchy. Yeah, Jason Lee would have played Punchy and had like a really shitty monologue. I want to say very, I want to say very I, I I agree. Pearl. Yeah. Pearl is one of the recurring. Uh, villagers adjust lower eyelashes. You don't mind if I sharpen my claws on your bed, do you? Let them drink cream. Okay, here we go. I was waiting for this. I was waiting for kind of a rebel, Mongo jerry and rumpel teaser kind of thief energy, and I think we got it from Pearl. I'm going to say Jellicle, but not very jellical. I feel that. Yeah. Here's uh, the big so one. I'm, you have to be very careful with this next one. Okay. I'm going to say that Raymond here is very Jellicle, and I think... Uh, well, okay, you gave me a look. What's your retort here?
0: No, just the thing about, do you know about Raymond?
1: No, not at all. Raymond
0: is selling for, this is not a joke, Raymond as a character, like if you have like the card, the amiibo card to get Raymond in your video game, or if you have Raymond in your town and they're moving out, Raymond is going for, no joke, literally, uh, 1,000 real human American dollars, uh, on eBay if you have Raymond in your town. Raymond is such a sought after character in this game, new to New Horizons, uh, has has since been released also in pocket camp. Um Raymond is easily the most popular runaway character in this video game
1: and I think that he's not jellical at all.
2: <laughs> he's office
1: <not his laughs> Okay, I think this is another case where he has star power but maybe it's not jellical power. I agree. Um okay, well that's Raymond. He's Moving he's on. very
0: he's very how I met your mother and that's maybe about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got Rosie. Uh, Rosie is uh to the president of the Rosie fan club, okay, leaving us hanging there. One good purr deserves another. I'm gonna say jellical, like ensemble, okay, not jellical. I did get ensemble vibes, so maybe not jellical. Uh, Rudy, I like Rudy quite a bit. They have big animaniacs vibes. Uh, my friend Sadie just got Rudy recently, and I'm a huge fan. Rudy looks more jellicle. like a fox than a cat. Yeah, it does because it its its cornea bleeds into its face. It has a kind of a 70s kitchen palette to it. I do like that. Ooh, imagine that. A flea sucking the carbs right out of me. Always land on your feet. It's I'm very scary. Jellicle. That's
0: very scary yeah. in the way the cast 2019 was. I think very jellical. also. I agree with you.
1: Yeah, I think Rudy is the comic relief character where like the jokes like weirdly break the fourth wall in an uncomfortable way. Yeah. That's kind of Rudy looking right at you. Jellical stinky <laughs> stinky is literally a, a stinky cat oh my god if the mask fits wear it wow very jellical. very jellical. i also think very jellical. i agree with you yeah there's sort of a, a a luchador theme here um in terms of the mask a little bit a little bit it's alluding to that stinky cat the jock yeah hmm. uh his name refers to his appearance <laughs> What is this paragraph? His name may refer to his appearance. What? He doesn't look stinky. Okay. Moving on. He's very jellical. Tabby. Oh, wow. This one's got a face. Uh, Tabby um, has human teeth, uh, spine on its forehead. Uh, this is my new headshot. You can never have too much of a good thing. This is throwing me for a loop. Uh, 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 this meaning Let me. Tabby's can I, can I fill in
0: some blanks here? Um, yeah. My, my, my partner has Tabby on her Island. Uh, she invited her in. I've met Tabby many times now. Tabby, I think very Jellicle cat. Yeah. I was going to say
1: she huge star power. She is so confident and is committed to this, to, to whatever she's doing so thoroughly, um, that I can't help, but like be on Tabby's bandwagon. I love Tabby. Um, yeah. I'll I invite you. Send to him we, we you should come the meet Tabby at some point. You'll love Tabby. Yeah, yeah. I'll love Tabby. Tabby's very jellical. Uh, Tangy. Uh, Tangy was one of my first villagers in the in the very first game. Oh. An orange cat. I want to say. Uh, they say cats hate citrus. That really hurts my feelings. When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. I want to say Tangy is very jellical because it's a theme, uh, and it's a very kind of star power energy. Her face is an orange. Uh, it's great. Can't get much better than that. The brand is great. Tabby uh, Tangy is lovely Love her We're big fans Very angelical. And Tom The cranky Tom's cat Tom's the last one Tom's i want to say He's also writing This is BB What is this Tom is very Not Jellicle I don't even have To read anything I agree uh, Tom is not a yeah. Jellicle cat Maybe even There's very no, Yeah very not Jellicle We actually ended up Using that more Than we thought So that's it That's the list We have to move on <laughs>
0: Remember when you Asked that
1: question On twitter.com And you thought That it would be Kind of a goof We, we sure did The whole thing <laughs> I would love I would literally like faint if someone actually like took account what we said and, and had the full scale. I can kind of see it in my head. I think most people were very or very not. Yeah. It's probably not too hard, but um that was a lot of fun. Let's move on though.
0: Uh this question is from GJ who asks, Would you rather an Animal Crossing with Pokemon instead of villagers? Or a Pokemon with villagers instead of Pokemon?
1: That that really depends. My my gut answer is a Animal Crossing with Pokemon instead of villagers because I love the idea of just like hanging out with Pokemon on an island. Totally, kind of like what the camping was like in the game. Uh, whereas I assume Pokemon with villagers would be making them fight, which is not. Uh, what I want to do. Yeah. So I think um, like the, <laughs> I just saw the sentence in my head Bardo fainted and I'm like I don't need that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to see Bardo use hyperbeam on a on a poison tangy. No thank you. Yeah well put. Uh, so yeah. I, I totally agree with you. Would love to hang out with a bunch of uh, Bulbasaur's on an island. That sounds like a dream. Uh, if the island were an actual
0: deserted island which villagers in your towns would last the longest?
1: Oh man. I think Bardo in a very in a very like Kefka uh um <laughs> who's the villain in uh, Othello Uh, Iago Mm -hmm. a very opportunist and cowardly way I think he would really kind of like in Community any episode with Hawthorne who now that I say that that's just who Bardo is I think is Chevy Chase's character in Community yeah Uh, maybe less like outwardly horrific but like I think how Hawthorne does in like all the uh, paintball episodes and stuff would be like what Bardo would do
0: yeah yeah it's funny that you mentioned that I just watched the uh, Dungeons and Dragons episode uh oh, last night one. where where Pierce is just like so reprehensible as to yeah. like maybe make you want to stop watching community entirely uh yeah yeah i totally agree i was actually going to say the exact same about klaus class would last the longest
1: in terms of raw survivability though like without like any any like Machiavellian stuff I would say I honestly think Billy and Muffy because they were the first ones to show up they they moved to the island like knowing it was desert and there was nothing else there like there were no towns to lure them in and they made it work so I think that Billy and Muffy like, as a team, would be like the people who you root for that are eventually outdone by Bairdo. By mm. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's a fun question. It is amazing how much faster these questions are than raking all the cats. Uh, what's the next one? Uh,
0: this next one is directed at me, but I'm going to ask it of both of us. Um, Brendan, as a fan of photo
1: mode, how often do you go to Harv's Island? asked Stumpy Joe in Discord. <laughs> So we talked about this initially that, like, we were both pretty horrified by Harv's Island, like, right away. Have you grown fond of it since? Because I've seen what people are doing there. And, like, you can take some really cool pictures, like, with your whole island. And, like, I haven't really done it yet, but uh, it seems like a really cool resource But have you still not gone back? It's a it's extremely
0: cursed. I will never go there. It's Cabin in the Woods. I I think that Harv's Island is 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 a blight on this video game. Uh, it it terrifies me in in down to down to my core in a way that I think uh makes me uncomfortable and should make everyone else uncomfortable. Whenever I see people taking beautiful pictures on Harv's Island, it just makes my skin
1: crawl. (laughs) Which is so unfortunate because you and I both loved Harvey originally. And now he's become this kind of strange, like, vessel into a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, That may or may not be his fault. I'm not sure. He does talk to himself, so maybe it's kind of a Norman Bates situation. (laughs) Um... But yeah, I, I haven't used them much. I want to, though, because I've seen people take some cool pictures. I just didn't know how to do it when I first arrived there. Yeah, That's I'm like sure what? I'll
0: take some pictures eventually. I mean, to, to be fair, we, we didn't really dive fully into the mechanic of that. But you can go and any uh, piece of furniture that you've ever had, you can uh, pull out of Harv storage and use uh, and set up in any way you want in these like blank rooms, which is kind of a cool concept. So you don't have to actually like physically have the furniture with you. It's just like yeah, stuff that yeah. you've had in the past. Uh, so you can you can set up some really great stuff. Our friend our friend uh, Sadie, who was on our uh, Breath of the Wild bonus episode, posted a photo recently of uh, it was like a class photo of her and everyone on her island that looked yeah. so uh, Royal Tenenbaums era yes. Wes Anderson. Yes. Oh it my God! Perfect. It blew me away. It, it that's actually the closest I've ever come to wanting to go to Harve's Island was seeing that that's picture.
1: Who, that's what turned me around. Yeah. I I even messaged her to make sure I wasn't going to fall for a trap. I was like, was this harv's challenge? just like yeah that's great i'm like i don't know i can't trust it there yeah but uh but yeah we should maybe
0: give it another shot uh next question also from Sumpy joe this one's directed at you uh, I'm afraid to ask this, but which villager can you impersonate best?
1: <laughs> oh man. I don't know. I guess probably Elvis because of the low uh uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <Get up. laughs> Um I I think probably probably Elvis. I have an affinity to like Wilbur and Elvis and and the cranky, kind of low voiced villagers. That's it. That's all I got.
0: <laughs> I'm uh, I'm trying to scroll backwards uh, in the Discord to find if there are any more questions that have been posted. Um, but uh, you all have posted over 300 messages since the last time I checked this Discord. <laughs> That's taking a really long time to scroll. It doesn't look like there are any more questions uh, as far as I yeah. can tell. So uh, I think that just about wraps up the Animal Crossing segment of this bonus episode. Unless you have anything else you'd like to say, Stephen Hilger.
1: No, I mean, it was a trip to to rank the cat's Jellicle. Maybe we should do uh, bears next before we wrap up. Actually, that is one question I have. Do you think Beardo is jellical? I think very not. And I think he's <laughs> taking that out on the world.
0: Yeah, I think you're right.
1: <laughs> yes, I am, Steven.
0: not very not jellical. <laughs>
1: i just got a flashback of like i mentioned this before when i was eight years old and i would show up to school with like a like a prima strategy guide yeah i would just show up with with brady games because prima was always wrong but i had like eight magazines ready to go i was ready to chat and i talked to my one friend about tekken 3 all the time and i remember one morning he just said like i don't want to talk about this anymore Like, you just saw me showing up with my magazines, eight-year-old Steven, ready to go. And he was oh like, no, I'm just saying no to this whole interaction. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I just I just felt that energy for the first time in, in decades. Maybe not the first time, but, you know, it was similar energy. It was not jellicle, I'll tell you that. Yeah, let's take a break and then we'll talk about uh, Persona 5R. Probably the most jellical game I've ever played. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Um, But yeah, this is a blast. Animal Crossing, incredible. And we will be back shortly with another incredible game. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. and uh we return to our final segment of this really fun bonus episode. This I always enjoy recording this show, but this has been a blast and and no small part to our lovely listeners who provide us with such fun questions and uh encouragement. That was great. I yeah, I, I, do, I feel rejuvenated.
0: I do want to reiterate uh you are free to send questions to us literally at any time. Um, Send them to into the aether podcast at gmail.com. If you feel like typing all that out or just tweet them at us or write them in discord or uh, I don't know, mail mail them to us
1: and they could be whatever like we actually had a great one like one of our first i think it was an email and it was just about like a general topic about games like it doesn't have to be something silly if you don't want it to be but you know we're we're, we're truly accepting all. i don't
0: even know if it has to be about video games like just send us literally any <laughs> question about anything uh we just answered one in in the last episode that we recorded about uh about just like how to stay creative during uh the global nightmare so like
1: yeah yeah and and yeah. keep in mind too like whenever it gets in just stuff like that like, that's very much just our perspective so like take for that what you will but like we're we're always open to discuss that kind of stuff and I think like if nothing else this show is the chance for us to be ourselves and have fun so like the questions aid that in whatever way that question does um, big yes big, big yes uh, <laughs> speaking of that I uh, you and I Sorry. planned on this episode what what'd you say? Not, nothing just keep going please <laughs> <laughs> uh, you and I planned on this episode just being Animal Crossing But before we recorded, we were like both gushing about Persona 5 Royal so much that we were like, let's just let's just bottle this energy while we have it. Because that's a little bit behind the scenes. Like we don't really plan. (laughs) Maybe you could tell we don't really plan like too much in advance. And I think we both find a lot of value in like really riding with the moment and riding with like where our enthusiasm is. Uh, And I think right now, Brendan and I have both been playing a ton of Persona 5 Royal And I mean, you you started it earlier and I'm somehow now farther than you are (laughs) having started later, which is just, you know, uh, I mentioned that when I when I played the original Persona 5, I like binged it in an unholy way. And that was well before our show existed. Uh, And and I've mentioned many times that was the game that got me back into video games in like a big way, in a way where I felt like my interest and my passion was rejuvenated by this like incredible game that that I kind of got on a whim. Yeah, Um,
0: you were kind of in a place where you were just replaying a lot of stuff that you would played prior. Uh, And and that, I think, as you mentioned it, it in the past, was kind of the thing that, made
1: you want to check out more contemporary stuff again yeah exactly i i had i had and, and there's still a lot of value in that but yeah i, I had sort of been like it, whenever i played a game it was either like a smash brothers thing with a friend or uh, i actually played a lot of soul caliber 2 when i first moved to chicago for some reason uh with my roommate we got real good i mean like, an incredible video game yeah totally Just incredible yeah is there no other way um but anyway uh <laughs> But yeah, you're right. Like I, I, would replay Dragon Age Origins or Skyrim or Mass Effect, all amazing games. But like, kind of didn't know what was happening around me. And even when we worked for that website in 2013, I only had a 3DS, so like, I was up to date on the handheld Nintendo front, which like, honestly, in the early 2010s was the place to be. To be honest, absolutely. Um, at least for Nintendo, the Wii U wasn't doing much. Uh, but the 3DS is great, and I stand on that. I'll die on that hill. But Persona 5 was just like such a wave of of just like fresh air and, and rejuvenation. And I think even people that had been steadily following games up until that point, especially RPGs and JRPGs, felt like that game was such a monumental landmark in the genre and in games in general. And also talk about uh, its linked to Animal Crossing, which there are many, oddly enough. Um <laughs> it was kind of a very much a cult hit that became a huge mainstream success. Yeah. Uh and I think because because it's just so hard to not be charmed by, like I think I think we've we've gone on and on about the game's aesthetic value and its music and its design and everything that's like so just alluring about it. But I think the game also came out at a time where the themes it explores and, and the the core and heart of the story uh, were very much like a timely it was very timely for that game to come out when it did
0: yeah um, and it's if, a game it feels about, again with royal like that's the case all over again
1: yeah which is both a good and bad thing but it's i mean it's also it's also kind of timeless i mean the game is largely about people who abuse their power on all levels uh and and i think most interestingly explores the morality of the people that are kind of forced into these hard positions of like, I want to stand up to this and speak out against it. But if I do, it's going to do more harm than good. So I'm not going to. And I think it, it focuses around a group of rebellious teenagers that have this supernatural power where they can change things for the better and give power and hope to those people who feel like they don't have any any power and it's a really it's just such a good story and and I was so smitten by it I, I I beat the whole game in like a disturbing week and a half and like again that was before the show so I just like talked to anyone who was near me about it like okay cool are you alright like <laughs> did you just have a bad dream or something I'm like no they're real they talked to me I fought Mara in someone's head Um, so Royal is basically uh. It's hard to describe what Royal is because um, not many game companies do this, but Atlas has done this a lot where Atlas will release a Persona game and then like a handful of years later, they'll release the same game with like a bunch of improvements and additional content. So it's essentially kind of like an expansion pack or even, I guess, I guess the most similar thing would be like what Pokemon has done recently where they'll do like, here's red and blue version and then yellow or here's yeah. like here's silver and gold and diamond i think diamond crystal. is probably crystal i think crystal is probably the most apt comparison because that was a game that added like a ton of stuff yeah totally. and really refined a lot for silver and gold so uh in the past persona 3 got persona 3 fez which is what i have on ps2 we talked about it recently um and that was like a ton of new content um as well as like a whole uh sequel campaign where you just play it as i guess the robot as a kind of a tying up loose ends of the plot from the original game. And Persona 4, probably most notably, got Persona 4 Golden on the Vita like four years later uh, that really, like, really polished up the game and added a lot of new stuff. Uh, Which I'm playing right now. I'm so excited. I've only played the vanilla P4, but we still have a lot to talk about with that. And with Persona 5, three years later, time flies, uh, three years later, they're releasing Persona 5 Royal, which is a souped up version of five with a ton of like a whole new story that kind of follows the end of the original game. So I, I kind of got this game with the intention of like, I love the original and I, and I literally after beating it had the desire to replay it, which speaks volumes for how much I like this game. Cause this is like a very long RPG. It is, yeah. it is, it is If you like rush it, you could beat this game in 80 hours. <laughs> So the idea that I spent all this time with it and still wanted more just spoke how much I loved it, and that's what led me to play the older games, which I kind of just, like, inhaled. So I got a percentified roll being like, okay, I'm, I'm, like, it's been long enough since I've beaten the original that I would love to just re-experience it, and if it comes with extra stuff, that's awesome. Um, but it, it was sort of, like, lower on my list of expectation alongside Animal Crossing and Final Fantasy VII Remake, which, like, hard to top those two these are games that people have been waiting for for decades and like you know there's so much hype with that that I was like I'm, I'm pumped to revisit Persona 5 but like you know that can wait until I'm done with the other two but I gotta say like I am playing Persona 5 Royal and it is it is inspiring me and I had the same magical feeling that I did the first time I played and it is just so it is solidifying how much I love this game and this series but like this is i'm i'm about <laughs> oh boy i'm about 35 hours into it and <laughs> uh i can safely say that like this is the definitive persona experience this is like you know i love all of them but this is the best one um i'll see how i feel once i've finished the whole thing but like i i and we'll talk more in detail about what they've done what they've added but I'll just say, like, in broad strokes, even in this sort of early phase of the game, which you're largely following the same plot beats, there's so much new stuff that they have, like, effortlessly sprinkled into the game. Not only gigantic quality of life improvements and just little tweaks that, like, feel like they always should have been there, yeah. but also new characters and new story beats and new scenes that, like, just so effortlessly flesh out these characters that like the cast as, as outlandish and as stylish as the game is like the core cast feels so much like real people. And that's what I'm really blown away by this time around is like how much I feel like I, I know these characters and I, mm. and I love all of them so much. Like, I think that that, that idea and that's what I would actually ironically link to animal crossing is that like so much of this game is about like who you're spending time with, and and investing in in all these relationships around you, be it with your kind of begrudging paternal guardian Sojuro who owns the cafe, you're living in the attic of, or your or your kind of uh, beavis and butthead best friend Ryuji, or you know, or something else that might be more romantic or might be platonic um, with other characters. Like everyone in that game has such a very, uh, it's all rooted in tarot, so there's some thematic parallels happening. But everyone you meet in that game that has a relationship where you could kind of, and we'll get into detail of what this means mechanically, but all the characters who are what they call confidants have such an interesting role in the protagonist's life. And I really enjoy the kind of downtime with all of them and and the, something that I forgot, I loved that I really love this time around is the text threads. Something about that just makes (laughs) all the characters feel so real to me. I don't know, this is just like the quarantine speaking, but, like, I am having absolute best time playing this game. And, like... I think it's a testament to the game's strength that like, I've already beaten the original, and I'm I'm super glued into this one as if it's the first time I'm playing it.
0: Yeah, this feels really similar to me in a a very strange way um, to Final Fantasy VII Remake in that I was really excited to get your take on it because it's very different than what mine is going to be in terms of background. Um, So like Final Fantasy VII, I hadn't played the original. You had... You're a huge fan of the original. I... You know, was was coming at that game largely unencumbered by nostalgia, uh, and and I think you you were uh, in that world where you were like kind of uh, crushed under the weight of it while going into it, and it still ended up kind of blowing you away. Yeah, I am absolutely. similarly with Persona Five, going into it having only played through the first Palace in the original release, and then stopping because the Nintendo Switch and and the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild came out around <laughs> the exact same time, which like obviously that was a big year.
1: 2017 was a was a real like there's no way a human could have ingested all the great games of that year totally uh, uh, especially
0: a, a an 80 to 150 hour <laughs> RPG um, but anyway uh, yeah. and, and then you yeah. having played the original and loving it a whole bunch uh, and coming back to it you and I both playing Persona 5 Royal at the same time I've been really interested to hear your take on specifically the new stuff uh, because even I as somebody who only played I would say the first like 10 to 15 hours of the game and going through the first palace originally immediately noticed the new stuff like immediate, it is so in your face in a way that's really refreshing a lot of the stuff in terms of quality of life that they've added just make the game feel way more naturalistic and and way way more accessible I think to people who both like are revisiting this game but also people who are coming to this franchise for the very first time oh
1: yeah this is the place to start hands down yeah like, I think yeah. I
0: think this was kind of an open question between you and I over the past couple episodes that we've talked about persona we're like where do you start with these a lot of people said persona 4 golden for the vita but that also required getting a vita or a playstation tv and and plugging that in and still finding a golden cartridge like this. so difficult um yeah. <laughs> but that was a great that was a great place to start until persona 5 came out but even then as much as i love the game so far like the original release, I think, does not put its best foot forward in terms of like taking it's the guardrails off and like yeah. giving you the ability to actually understand what the game is until like 15 to 20 hours into it, which I think is kind of the big hindrance of, of, of that original release of Persona 5. Uh, Royal is so streamlined and so much better about literally everything. And that's not to say, and I mentioned this in the episode that we talked about it uh, right when it came out. That's not to say that I don't have my gripes with it. I still think there are some things that they could have done in the earlier hours that would onboard new players in a better way but that that said it is still the best they've ever done it and it still brings it still at least brought me and my partner who've been playing this like a couple hours a night uh, for a couple nights a week ever since it came out we have both gotten into it in a very big way where we've like replaced TV shows that we were watching with Persona 5 Royal and like make dinner and then play Persona 5 for a couple hours before bed it's yeah. been awesome so I'm, I'm curious from your standpoint uh, how you're feeling about the new stuff and how they They've integrated it, um, and and just your thoughts on it.
1: Yeah, and I guess just like for someone who's unfamiliar with this, like the reason why these games are so long is is twofold. One, they they have a very heavy like a lot of this game feels like you're watching an anime, and it, it is kind of divided. Yeah, into kind of a season, like every palace is like its own season. We we've said this before, so you know, uh, and not to say it's not to say that you're not playing through a lot of it because you're you have a sense of involvement no matter if you're battling or roaming the streets of Tokyo or like watching a scene play out like you feel like you're in it the whole time but but there's a lot of dialogue, a lot of story, kind of uh, similar to Three Houses, very similar to Three Houses and we've mentioned how Three Houses has has anchored itself in the persona formula for the better. So, in terms of new stuff, uh like you said, the original game, I think Uh, The if I had to boil down what the core construct of Persona is for both people who know it and for people who aren't familiar is it is half a kind of (laughs) Stardew Valley Animal Crossing uh, day to day life simulator and half a dungeon crawler. Uh, RPG. And those two games inform the other. So what you're doing in your daily life, whether that's studying for midterms or hanging out with Ryuji and eating ramen, playing darts with with uh, Yusuke or whatever, and the game tells you this very loudly. It says exactly what that means in the combat part of the game where you're in this other dimension fighting monsters and exploring these various villains unconscious minds where everything is is like how they see the world but distorted to their desires so the the strength of of the entire series is that freedom where it's like okay what am I gonna do today I have to finish this dungeon by You're usually given a deadline so I have to finish this dungeon by the end of the month I want to finish the dungeon right away so I can just spend the rest of the month doing whatever I could I could upgrade my social stats I could I could build up all my confidant relationships. I could explore Mementos, which Mementos is like independent. Like every, every season of the game, if you will, has a big bad and they have their palace that you have to infiltrate by a certain deadline. But there's also a place called Mementos, which is in the subway, and that is the collective unconscious of Tokyo. Uh, it is everyone's palace in a way. Um, and that is actually designed like the dungeons were in three and four, where it's almost kind of roguelikey, where every floor is a randomly generated hall. And you can kind of go there just to sort of grind. And like there is an incentive to get as deep as possible, because at a certain point in the game, at the very end, you do have to reach the depths of it. So like mm, it is in good your best know. interest. Yeah, it is. And like, even if you don't, you'll... The the deeper you go, the higher levels they are. So, like, if you don't do it at all, you'll breeze through it until the very end. Mm-hmm. But it's worth doing, and especially because uh, now they've added something there, which I think is one of my favorite additions, is a character named uh, Jose, this strange little boy. I didn't with know that they were new. Okay, interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, they are brand new, yeah. So I never were. reached
0: mementos in, in the original release, so I gotcha. I didn't even have any inkling of what that was until i uh, uh, approached it now
1: yeah so jose is kind of a mysterious character who's this kid with an egg on his head and he uh you can pay him flowers which are just things you find in mementos to buy items from you can also give him stamps which you find every time you like finish a floor and that lets you essentially upgrade mementos so you can increase how much experience you get from monsters, how much uh, money you get if they drop items. It's a really cool way and something that I didn't even know would benefit that part of the game and like totally does. Mm. Like that—that that is such a cool addition to what could be like a more monotonous part of the game. But that's sort of there like to like if you want to, if you beat the palace right away, which I would recommend always getting that done first, you can then spend your free days still leveling up your characters. Um, I'm playing on hard, so like it's not too bad, but like it is in my best interest to like keep a level ahead. So I'm like, you know, matching what the game's throwing at me. Yeah. And this game is much more interested in your strategy than what level you are. That does they both matter, but I think you need to know how to play the game versus just having the best stats. Like, there, whenever you use your third eye to scan the room and see if there's any doors or anything. You also see what level an enemy is. And I've continuously taken on red enemies who are higher level than you. And you're using the right strategies that can take them out with no issue. So But play this game any difficulty you want. There's a huge spread. And like if you're playing this for, for more of the social part, like there's no shame in doing it easy. It's it's a fairly challenging game. Um, but like normal is, is pretty like FF7 Remake is a game where normal is hard, like objectively. Uh, this is a game where normal is like gonna probably give you the normal experience. Yeah. Um but in terms of new stuff, so right away, uh the the big gripe with the original that a lot of old time fans had, or people who had played the previous games really bumped up against was that like you said for the first 10 hours you did not have free time like anytime you were back home morgana told you to go to bed your cat uh yeah, morgana and morgana being you, a cat
0: who lived in your attic
1: yeah and and pretty much every time there was like an a-plot event happening you had no freedom over your nights so most notably right away everything just everything in the beginning session just felt faster i feel like i got to kamashita's palace much faster like and it, it still had the weight and pacing that that part of the game deserves because the game opens pretty strong and like sets the tone that will be explored throughout. Where the first villain yeah. is this like god awful volleyball teacher, or he's a gym teacher who was once an olympic medalist and like hasn't gotten over it and like takes it out on the school basically and he's just doing like everything you would ever fear a teacher would be doing he's doing it yes um and something that i think is really brave with the game is like okay he's the villain uh the characters you meet in the beginning are all affected by him in some way and like makes you feel for the characters pretty instantly even ryuji who can be kind of annoying like i love with my whole soul because like That kid has gone through hell and still wants to help people. Yeah, you know. Yeah, totally. And I think, and I think that's the thing. Like, there's a point where you go to Kamishita's palace, and you and Ryuji see the volleyball team like getting abused in these like castle dungeons. It's like how he sees it is in a castle. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, I'm gonna remember those faces and see them in real life, and and like we'll get them to confess what's happening, and then we'll have evidence against Kamishita. And you do that, and no one's willing to fess up. And then at one point. This kid is like, everyone knows, like our parents know, the teachers know, they all just turn a blind eye to it. And that was like such an effective decision in the writing just to be like, and that's something that is explored throughout the entire game is the fact that like most people know what's happening, but they're powerless to stop it, or at least they think they are. Yes. And I think the that, main that's the important part. Yeah. 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 And that's, and that's, I think the, the thesis of the game is like these character you do all this fantastic stuff to show people that like, you have a choice, you can call this stuff out uh the people only have power over you if you give it to them it's really it's really well done and it it's so kind of inspiring and and i think i bring that up now in terms of new stuff because i think that that's a sec that's a section of the game that like yes is slow to start but like you need that build up so like when they do give you the freedom to prepare for come palace like you are so ready to rip him apart like yeah you know and, and i think i but i think they do it better where like you know in the original game, like, you're really on the rails for a long time. So that's a big improvement. Um In terms of battle, one thing that I that I think is, like, such a blessing is that uh, your guns refill ammunition after every battle. So, like, Jeez. it used to be that you just had, like, your bullets for the whole time and you only were able to reload... When you left, uh, when you went back to the real world, and and the amount of ammo you would have every time
0: you went into a palace would be like, okay, Joker, the protagonist of the game, would have like eight bullets, and then if you use those eight bullets, that was it until you left the palace and then came back another day. So you'd have to waste an entire day just to reload.
1: And like, given guns aren't really that they weren't that important in the first game, that you only really use them if the enemy was weak to that type of damage, but still like it, the game was kind of almost incentivizing you to not use them and it was sort of like well why do we even have this if it's not useful right why here, Why is this a damage
0: type and also if the game wants you to experiment and find out what different enemies are weak to like what types of attacks different enemies are weak to then why do I only have eight bullets to try this one very specific kind of attack uh, yeah. on these enemies it, it was really frustrating the original game and, and feels like it's uh, totally streamlined in this one
1: another thing they added to is that you can just baton pass from the start which is like one of my favorite things. Yeah, can where you explain you what do... time passing is?
0: Because it's awesome. Oh, it's so fun. Yeah, you ju- you uh, just sent out a really great a great tweet about this right before we started
1: recording. <laughs> yeah, so uh, a lot of the game, the battle system is based around exploiting enemy weaknesses. So if you use kind of like Pokemon, if you use an element, the enemy is weak to, um, or if you get a critical hit, the enemy will be knocked down and you'll get to go again. And if you knock another enemy down, you get like uh, what they call one more. So. If you get that one more, you can actually baton pass where you can give that turn that character got to some other character so they can go in place of that character's additional move. So you might do that to keep the chain going. Where Okay, that enemy is weak to ice and that enemy is weak to lightning. Yusuke is going to use an ice attack, get that one more, baton pass to Ryuji, and he's going to use lightning on the enemy. In the past... Uh, in the previous game uh, and they high five and I my tweet was that a third of Persona 5R is high fiving and like even outside of the battle like there's so much high fiving I love it When I was a DM for my friend's D&D group, I made the characters roll for high fives, so I feel very seen (laughs) by the amount of high fives in Persona 5R. That's awesome. Um, But I think it also really aids the sense of camaraderie amongst the main characters, because, like, you do feel so much pride in that, because these characters have all gone through their own version of Hell, and, like, to see them find this joy and power together is is so cool. But anyway... What they, do, what they did in Persona 5 originally was you had to rank up your confidant level with each character to one to unlock Baton Pass. So, like, once you got to... Uh, for people who played Three Houses, it's very similar to the support scenes where, like, if you spend enough time with a character, you'll unlock a confidant rank. And that means that you can make personas of that arcana. So every character has, like, an arcana tied to them. And every persona has an arcana tied to them. So... Ryuji is the chariot if I were to make a chariot persona and if I was really high level with Ryuji I would get a big boost to that persona's level once I made it um, that's as simple as I could put it it's easier once you actually play it um, it very much is it, sound, it really does sound very
0: uh, it, it sounds like ambitious and and maybe terrifying before you play it
1: yeah uh, and, and also alternatively having a persona of the Samarkana as a character in real life helps you get close to them faster it made me laugh though the first time i saw that it was like because i have the persona slime i'll hang out with ryuji really well today like okay cool (laughs) but baton pass used to be like you had to get level one with the character to be able to baton pass to them here you just have it from go and not only do you have it from go you can upgrade it by playing darts with that character so there's a there's a whole uh, section of Tokyo they've added that's like a dart and pool hall, and you can play these really fun dart mini games. I think darts is the new fishing as like the go to mini game in a JRPG. Mm-hmm. Just saying that between FF Seven and this. yeah, yeah, totally. But if you play darts with one of your allies, you can you rank up the baton pass. So now not only are you passing your turn to them, but you're boosting the damage they do. You might heal them for a little bit. Uh, and that can be ranked up for each character. So like, just like upgrade mementos. They, they not only did they fix something that might have been an issue in the first game, but they've like added a whole like skill tree to it that that is really fun. Not to mention that that whole place of playing darts and pool is like amazing. It's so much fun. So those are the big battle additions. And of course, there's stuff like there's new personas, there's new enemies. They've added a grappling hook for palaces. So There's like a new verticality thing. Um, That's fine. Like, I think they've also kind of redesigned all the palaces that also feel faster. Maybe I just know the game better, but I feel like I'm able to complete a palace way faster than I normally had. Mm. And in terms of story, the stuff they've added, uh, they've added a few more characters as well. Uh, Kasumi is the new, uh, she's one of the new playable characters that isn't playable until the very end. Her confidant is the, I think it's Faith. They've added like their own arcana. Yeah. Um, the the other two are Akechi who was a character in the original game, but in the original game your your confidant level with him ranked up just throughout the story, regardless of what you were doing. Some characters have that, and then they also added a therapist uh, to the high school, who you and I I think have a lot to say about. I think it's Maruchi. Yep, uh, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, he is uh, the counselor, Arcana, and. Basically, the story introduces him in a way where it's like the school's like, hey, you all went through fucking hell with Kamashida. We've hired like an on-campus counselor for you. And even if you never go to him, which I would say you absolutely should, one, because I really like what they've done with the character. And two, you have to max out uh, the three new characters' confidant levels to unlock the end story content, which they don't tell you. But like you probably will as you're playing it. Um yeah. They, but, uh, they
0: really, really, really try and direct you in, in the direct. or Sorry, they try and push you in the direction of the counselor over the course of the story. So even if you're kind of like trying to ignore it, uh, they'll still yeah. get you in there. And and it's it's a really wonderful kind of um, addition to the game where like you as the Phantom Thieves are going to continue doing more and more or doing and seeing more and more horrific shit over the course of the video game. And it's just really nice that they've added an actual counselor in the game to talk to these characters and say like, Hey, are, are you doing okay? Cause yeah. <laughs> there's some stuff happening in Tokyo that is really unsightly. Uh, and you seem to yeah. be at the center of it, which is really nice. But I also just appreciate during the introduction of this character, the, the three Phantom Thieves, the three original Phantom Thieves are all like, a little bit hesitant about talking to him. Right. Which is like, I think maybe, maybe for you and me and others, uh, like pretty common for people who like should go to therapy, but are, are kind of like a little indifferent about maybe going for the first time. Like there's kind of like a tension and a, and a fear there. Um, and they go for their first session, all three of them individually go for their first sessions and are like, wow, this ruled actually, this was great. I yeah. want to come back and I want to do it again, which is like very similar, I think, to most people's experiences. No, with, that, with that hit very
1: close to home. I mean, especially because like I, it was like towards the end of high school where like I was at a place where, I mean, I think everyone should go regardless of what's happening in your life. It's a great resource if, if, you know, you have the resources too. Yeah. Um, but Everyone was, you should go to therapy. And I think we all, I mean, I think we're moving in a better direction, but I think, like, we all have our own kind of stigma against that or our own resistance towards it. Um, I even encountered that while going to therapy. Like, I would often just skip sessions or, like, kind of ghost my therapist in some ways, even though I enjoyed my time there. Like, there was something I was resisting. But I think you're right. I think And I think that's what I really liked is even if you don't visit that character, you see scenes of the other characters going and all grappling it with it in a different way. I mean, Ryuji walking into therapy was like one of my favorite scenes. Cause like, (laughs) it played out. So like, even the therapist is kind of struggling with like how to reach out to him, but like they eventually found common ground. And like, what's really cool is that like going into therapy as Joker, like the, the, as you meet these various characters in the game, you know, some are doctors, some are therapists, some are your friends. They depending on who the character is, as you get a higher confident level with them, they all give you unique abilities. So like uh, the doctor, for example, uh, lets you like buy more medicine at a lower price, stuff like that. Yeah. But the counselor, the benefits you get from going to therapy in this game are like broken. Like there's some, it's like Joker just starts a battle with like boost stats and like is immune to all status effects. (laughs) It's, it's amazing. I think it's, it was, I was a little bit nervous to see how they were going to portray that. And I'm still nervous. They're going to like make him a secret bad guy, which I really, really hope they don't do. Um, I don't pick that up at all. I just know like that happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, But I think at least in the scenes we've experienced, like I think he's a really great new character. And I think that it really aids the, the game's theme and the game's like oddly, oddly occasional, really realistic view in like what being a teenager is like. I think like in the therapy scenes and in the text threads, I feel like it feels the most grounded in the dialogue and in how the characters are behaving. Yeah, and that's where it feels like it's more real, uh, which I, which I really appreciate. Um, I, I, we'll talk more now about like specifics of the game, but like one more thing I'll add in terms of what they've tweaked that I really like is that you can now boost your social stats so much faster like your your knowledge uh, the, in addition to like your battle stats, you have social stats, it's knowledge, guts. Proficiency, uh, charm, and uh, kindness. And you can do various things to boost that. And they've even added, like, like brewing coffee with Sojuro gives you charm now, which mm-hmm. it used to just give you coffee, which, you know, uh, gives you an SP boost in the uh, metaverse. Um, but now it's just so much easier to rank those up. And that's important because you need to have a certain level of those stats to progress certain confidants Um, And certain things that, like, really help in the story. So, like, in in the original game, you might really find yourself roadblocked from a character. Like, you want to get to know better, but you need to, like, go to the bathhouse every night to now progress that. Where it's, like, this just lets you, like, if you're doing stuff, you're going to rank up those stats. And, like, it's just something else to prioritize, but it doesn't feel so, like... It took so long to level this up in the first game. They've really yeah, changed that Yeah, it's twofold here, in nice.
0: this game where it, it's uh, actions that used to not award you any skill points or, or whatever they're called. What Are they skill points?
1: Yeah, social stats. Social stats, yeah. The yeah.
0: Actions that used to not reward you any social stats now do. And also just giving you more time that early on in the game. I, I think those two in conjunction really just kind of make the whole thing feel uh, a little bit more open and a little bit more accessible in a way that... Um, I really appreciate it personally because I I found I found the beginning of the game to be uh, pretty brutal the first time I played it. And and yeah, it's it's a breath of fresh air this time.
1: Yeah, I am uh, right at the third palace. And like it's also just reliving old moments, too, has been so much fun. Like I I texted you when I'm like, I just recruited my favorite character and Mm -hmm. I was having the best time. Like it's a really great balance because I I was worried it was going to be like, okay here's the same game you've already played, which like is still a great thing. But I I was expecting all the new stuff to come, like, at the very end, which, like, yeah, that's the case for the bulk of the new story content. But, like, as we both discussed, there's so much sprinkled throughout that it it really, like, even the small changes feel feel monumental. Um, Yeah, I guess, like, now now that you're farther in for the first time, I I just want to give the floor to you because I literally talk so much that my throat hurts. Um, so like, please take the floor for a bit and tell me what you're enjoying. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I, am just enjoying, uh, seeing more of the story personally. I mean, I, I thought that the Kamashita Palace intro was a really compelling, uh, story beat the first time I played through it and, and even more so, I think this time, uh, playing through it again and just kind of seeing how nuanced it is, I guess, on, on a second playthrough you and our mutual friend Pablo had, had mentioned uh, to me separately that the second palace was kind of where the game kind of peters out a little bit for a lot of people. Like it, it's maybe one of the weaker palaces. Um, I think you, you specifically told me uh, off the show at one point that it, it kind of gets into like bad guy of the week territory, or it feels like it can because Kamashita's palace, the first palace is so personal to, to the protagonist and to uh, the original yeah. Phantom Thieves um, and, and the second the second baddie that you take down is like just kind of like a random guy to you. I mean, he's very famous in Tokyo, um, but he's just kind of like a random guy uh, in, in terms of like your personal as the protagonist connection to him uh, or or why he's even bad in the first place. And even through most of that story arc, you kind of question if he's even bad in the first place. But having wrapped that up now, having wrapped that story beat up, um, I I, I think it's a really compelling choice for a second for a second palace. Uh, I had a great time with it, especially uh, going in with kind of like maybe slightly lower expectations, just saying like, okay, we just got to get through this. And then palace three is going to be awesome. I I actually ended up really enjoying it. I think I think the design of that palace is great. You feel more like a thief. Uh, on a heist in that than you do in the first one which um I don't know if I ever mentioned this on this podcast but uh, worth mentioning now like I love heist movies i it's like easily my favorite like genre' of, luck of film uh I, I I just like go I'm head over heels for anything that is even remotely heist related. So the second palace leaning more into the heist side of things, like I'm I'm running through lasers. There's like laser walls. I'm I'm lowering yeah. myself on a crane like uh in, into an art gallery to like steal a priceless work of art. Like uh just fucking perfect. It's Ocean's Twelve. It's great. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, and as the party expands, like everyone has a very clear Ocean's Twelve role to play. Um, <laughs> yeah, that like I think you're gonna really enjoy that. And yeah, each each palace is kind of like set up in a like what would be a good heist setting. So the third third palace is a bank, uh, so you know oh, it kind of rash. ups the ante in that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my my uh, I like the whole game. Like, there's definitely weak parts and there and there's there's questionable moments, but like, um, and there's straight up bad moments as we discussed last time. But the reason I said the second palace is weaker is like you said, the first one is just so personal, and the third one I think like I think the third one it introduces my favorite party member and it also like the, the scale blows up in a way where I think something about the second and the third one, I was starting to worry with the villains in particular, not so much the palaces, but the villains, I was like, are we just kind of blowing up? Like, okay, if you thought that guy was bad, this guy's even worse and this guy's even worse. Yeah. Like, cause I was like that, that, that doesn't feel like I don't feel the same catharsis like the second villain i thought was a really like we discussed this off the show but to have like Kamishita, who's this awful dude who's like kind of being open like you know some of it was kind of slipped under the rug but like he everyone who goes to that school knows what he's doing like he's not really being subtle about it yeah. um whereas the second villain is like a- he's wearing a huge facade like he said like the character's question like is this guy even worth taking down and then you learn he's this like famous artist who's taking all his people's work. That's also like a pretty huge problem in the like art world in general as well. Like yeah, the idea uh, someone, uh, uh, I think, uh, someone in the discord, uh, shared a photo of Red the Fox with like the Sayori painting. Yes. Yes. From, yes. Uh, yeah, perfect. So that was a cool way to like, kind of just change up like the villains aesthetic or I guess the villains like personality, I love the palace itself, and and Yusuke is growing on me a lot as a character. For whatever reason, I didn't feel as as attached to him in the first time, but I'm really liking him now, and I think like does really balance out the group in a, in a fun way because he plays so much of the the beginning. Like the first twenty hours are are On and Morgana. And, like you really get kind of like in ff Seven. Like you spend so much time with like Tifa, Barra and Aerith. Like you have such a strong sense of like what that core ensemble is. Yeah. Uh, and then you get the new character, like, who are you? Who's Kate Sith? Um, but you know, Yusuke, I think, is a really fun character, um, and I think like it, it is something where he he's in this position where he's like, I owe my life to this guy. We're taken down, but like, I still can't forgive him for what he's done. Yeah. Uh, so that that struggle is very cool, and that and I think what's great is that the game never like drops the villains. Like the characters will, in their personal stories and in passing, will always talk about like. How they're dealing with it. um A lot of An's confidant story is about her friendship with Shiho, who's like one of the main victims of Kamashita in the beginning. And like you learn about her recovery and like mm. how strong their friendship is, which, you know, was cool. I've actually, I've, I've, um, talked to a lot of people who were like, I wish Shiho was a persona user. She, she could have gotten that revenge. Yeah. Uh, which like that would have been awesome. But I think like, I think her and An's friendship is so strong that it's cool to see that as part of the story. Anyway, my worries about their just being a bigger and bigger villain are completely thwarted by Palace Four, which I think is like just the most interesting and and from there, it really just changes it up in an interesting way because like, I was just worried like I don't want this game to feel repetitive, you know, where like by Castle two and three, I was like, okay, is this like you know, these are people I don't really know. I don't have the same like personal vendetta against, even though they're like fucking awful. And like you end up in these terrible positions with, um, but yeah, castle three really fun. And, and that party members awakening scene is awesome. I love all the awakening scenes where like the new addition gets their power for the first time. Use case is great as well. Um, So I'm just, I'm so looking forward to experiencing all those moments for the first time.
0: Yeah. Me too. I, I, I've i been having a great time so far. Um, and, and my only regret is that uh, I have too many other nights where I'm doing things that aren't playing Persona 5 Royal.
1: <laughs> it's there for you when you need it. Honestly, as the loading screen says, take your time. Uh, one thing I will add, too, is they add this thing that you get in the third palace called Showtime Moves. Okay, They are finishers that are like just over-the-top animations between two characters that are like finishing moves. Oh, So rad. you can use them, whenever an enemy is like low on health, there's a chance that you'll just have the option to use this move. It's kind of like um when you get a confidant relationship high enough with certain characters, they'll like come in to do a finishing move for yeah, you. Right, Like uh, RyuTube, like uh, better late than never, right? And hold will do like a home run bat swing. Uh, it's like a version of that. The, the one I have now is Morgana the cat is in this like picturesque field with on and he gives her a bouquet of flowers and goes like this is how I really feel and she goes oh that's so sweet and then pulls out two machine guns from the bouquet and just like shoots the (laughs) enemy and then Morgana throws a bomb and they pose together that's awesome incredible and there's like I've seen one, like an early advert of the game is like Ryuji and Yusuke like, at a ramen restaurant together and then they do something equally <laughs> bonkers. So like, that's just a very fun cool. and silly lens they've had. I wish they introduced that sooner, but like, I like, couldn't believe what I was seeing when that first happened. I love this game so much as evidenced by all this. Uh, <laughs> I, I I think we'll talk about it again as we're further in. yeah, well, absolutely will. This, yeah.
0: I mean, I, I mean... Uh, yeah it'll it'll take me a couple more weeks i think to catch up to wherever you end up at some point or maybe you'll finish (laughs) the game but uh i hope not i'm really excited to see more of it because i i've only liked it more the more i've played it and it's gotten to the point where as i mentioned already like i picked up my vita again and started playing persona 4 golden again uh and i'm now further in that game than i've ever been before as well so um I'm playing all of these simultaneously and enjoying all of them.
1: Yeah, I think we'll wrap up soon, but I I will add like, you know, we've been talking about the older games and I think like, if you're curious about this franchise, get five Royal. And if you like that, there's so much to experience before that. Like, I think you'll still, it's a hard, it's a little bit of an adjustment playing the older games, but like, you'll go in knowing what the game is and you'll be able to really appreciate what three and four are doing uniquely to them. So that's my, that's my hot tip. Cool. Should let's we, wrap up. Yeah. Let's wrap up. Um, yeah. Do you want to do it? You want to wrap up? Yeah. Oh man, this is a fun episode. It feels like we did like three different episodes. I think we underestimated how long each segment was going to be. Let's like, just do yeah. it all. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it worked out. Uh, I know, I know, uh, I know it's later on the East coast. Yeah. I'm doing great here in Chicago. Um, I had fun, but this is a good episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> our shows aren't our uh, our strength are they but for real um i want to thank you all for listening especially right now i i think like um we're very thankful that we can keep doing this show uh, and it's a constant source of joy for us and i'm always blown away by people saying how much they enjoy it it's really great it's just hard to put into words we're we're extremely Thankful for the support and uh, we hope to keep doing cool stuff with the show and changing it up, especially with the bonus episodes to to keep it fresh. Um, but if you like the show, uh, the best way to support it is honestly to share it with a friend. If you think they'll enjoy a half hour of Jellicle rankings of the Animal Crossing Cat Villages, you know what link to send them. Uh, and if you really like it, another way to help is uh, rating it on Apple Podcasts out of five stars. Write a review if you feel so inclined. But honestly, just rate us from most to least jellical, uh, as you see fit. Um, five being most jellical. And yeah, that's about it. I, I think we plugged stuff earlier on, but we have a, a Patreon at into the cast. Or excuse me, Patreon slash into the cast. We have a Twitter account at into the cast. We have a Twitch, uh, which is also into the cast. It's been kind of inactive lately. That is the one thing that is like the most up in the air always, based on both our schedules. Yeah, um, it's killing but, me that we yeah. haven't
0: streamed more. I really want to. I just haven't had the time. Yeah,
1: I might, I might switch over to my PS4 and maybe stream a little Persona Five R. Honestly, because we oh, playing yeah, that should. a lot. Yeah, so that that'd be fun. That's a fun, like, chill game to play. You know, I, I hear good things about it. <laughs> anyway, uh, that, that's our Twitch into the cast, and we also uh, what else do we have? We have an email address if you want to contact us there. It's at into the Podcast at gmail.com. And I think that's it. I think that's all we have. But honestly, just thank you for listening. That's the most important thing. And, and we, are, we are extremely blown away that we have the listener base we do. Oh, and the Discord. The Discord's amazing. Join the Discord. If nothing else, join the Discord. Hey, come here. Join the Discord. The Discord will cure everything. I'm like a, a carnival barker selling a tonic. Yeah. Join the Discord. <laughs> Um, don't listen to any more di- episodes just just join the discord it's in the show notes uh, bit.ly slash twg discord right that's the one that's the one that's all i got now i'm getting tired we should wrap this up
0: yeah I'm hey i'm not
1: philangelical
0: uh thank you Stephen, for joining me this evening to record a bonus episode of into the aether a low-key video game podcast
1: check this out i'm showing brendan a picture of a demon it
0: really is terrifying it's a really horrifying thing <laughs> you just showed me I'm sorry uh, uh, How about this That's a Buddha A
1: Of Buddha I have weird things On my desk Let's wrap up
0: My name is Brendan Bigley You can <laughs> find me On the internet At Brendan Bigley
1: I'm Stephen Hilger You can find me At Stephen Hilger Have a wonderful Day, week, month year. Yeah I'll Talk to you uh, Real soon probably Okay goodbye Goodbye